You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
So they had a game lined up for it, uh, before it, like a leading game, just like last week with uh, Navarrete and Villa, how they had a game that led into the broadcast and whatnot. So um, I went back there, and now it's like a, a three-hour slot of almost like a highlight show. It's kind of weird. It's like a college game day scorecard, which is a show. So I'm a little little confused there um, on why they decided not to have a game before it. Um, I don't really know why, but it is what it is. Like I said, I'm happy. I was just looking out for the rating, you know what I mean? Um, But I'll say this, as far as the promo, the shoulder programming, two of those uh, have been good. They've been, well, they're available on ESPN Plus anytime, but you can watch them, um, you know, I watched them on my DVR in one of them live, I believe. Um, So those have been pretty good. But overall, as far as like running a commercial, right, running a commercial and mentioning the fight, besides the first one, Pacquiao Horn, um, and that was what, July, so they didn't have a ton of sports to um, put it in front of, you know, basketball's done by that time. But as far as just running commercials, talking about the fight, Talking about the fight on Sports Center, I was listening to um, Jacoby, Jalen and Jacoby. They mentioned it. You know what I mean? So this is their their most far out promotion that I think I've seen um, from them. As far as two weeks ago, I started seeing ads during baseball games, during uh, basketball games. Just well, not just during the broadcast, but other stuff. Sports Center, like. It has, they've done a great job, especially during this time frame. Obviously, it's, it's been a crowded, you know, everybody's ratings are getting affected, no doubt about it. And obviously, there is a tough game, the whole card's going against uh, Alabama and Georgia on CBS. But as long as that thing doesn't go into some crazy overtime, you'd assume that Lomachenko Lopez will be in the ring after that game is done. And then sometimes when people are out and about or they're done watching a, you know, a a football game, they'll go go to sports center to get a kind of a wrap for the day. And that's where they could actually run right into that. And I'm hoping anyway, since there's not really a good lead in like I was anticipating, I I didn't think it'd be a great lead in, but based off it was scheduled, a game was scheduled. So it's kind of weird. They have a three hour slot though. So it sounds like the whole undercard is going to be shown. So we'll see how that moves and whatnot. Um, but I'm just excited, man. Fight Week is here. Uh, we got a variety of folks coming on. John's going to come back. Like I said, Jake Donovan is supposed to uh, call in here soon. Um, so there's a variety of folks that we're going to talk to. Um, I see several uh, folks that I haven't actually, uh, a couple of them I've seen. Just, that just popped in, so we got some, obviously, when uh, people are, you know, pumped for a fight, there usually is uh, some new folks around. But anyway, yeah, we're definitely going to preview, predict this fight. Um, it's close to a 50-50 fight. I know the betting odds don't say that at all. <laughs> they have him, and I say him, Tiafimo like a plus 300 and up. I guess I've seen him at 275 or 250, but I've also seen him at 350. And three to one odds, 
even if you don't think Teofimo's going to win this fight, if you are a, a fellow, you know, degenerate like myself, and I mean that in a great way, um, you got to put a little bit of scratch down on him just for the sake of it. You can back your bet up. You can, you know what I mean? You can make personal bets with people. If you think Lomo's going to win, that's great. But I think it's a mistake not to throw something on Teofimo, if you're already a betting person, of course. Um, I'm not trying to say go out there and put your mortgage on it, you know. It's just you're not going to get Teofimo at this kind of number. If he wins this fight, you're never going to get this number unless he faces like a welterweight, you know, in a, in a couple of years or something maybe. <laughs> but you're not going to get him as an underdog at plus 300 and above, uh, maybe ever, especially, like I said, if he wins this fight. But even if he just – it's a tight fight and he shows up, he still probably won't be like this. So um, we are going to preview and predict that, no doubt about it. We are going to talk about that. Um, and there is some other fight news out there. We will get to some of the recap. Not a whole lot to recap uh, from last week, but Emmanuel Neverette really put on a nice performance over Via, um, especially the first half of the fight, man. He was really doing his thing. Um, he's just got that awkward style. Um, and it, when it gets going, it takes a little while. And don't get me wrong. He gets off balance and all that. He misses horribly. But once he gets his engine running, he finds a way awkwardly from a distance, an uppercut that's coming from left field. But then again, if you have such a reach, maybe it's not as – you know, crazy to throw something that far away because the other guy can't hit you because you're actually standing far enough so he can't get you, but you're, you're what is like a welterweight reach at 126. You know, it, it, it's crazy, man. It is fun to watch him, though. Um, and that size, man, it's, it's interesting, that's for sure. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about the undercard as well, Evos Rodriguez, uh, Truck Simpson, a little bit of that show box. Those first two fights, though, nothing much in there. But the, we did get something out of uh, the main event. Not a whole lot, though, if, if in the way of competitiveness. Um, and then we'll look at some of the other stuff on the undercard. Um, Barbosa is on the undercard. Um, so we got we got some undercard to, you know fights to talk about. Obviously, Loma. And Tiafimo will take up most of our time. But there is some fight news, Tyson Fury. We talked about how December 19th, last week, we talked about how December 19th wasn't going to work. It just wasn't going to work. Now that the Big Ten, the last couple of weeks, the Big Ten got their shit together, and they they basically met halfway with Illinois and Michigan. That's who were actually holding them back. And they, you know, they're having daily tests. They're doing a bunch of stuff, right? So then the Pac-12 is back, too. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend is when the Big Ten returns. December 19th is just jam-packed. Bunch of national cha- or conference championships in NFL games. So they, Fox and ESPN said, we can't do, we can't do that. It just doesn't make sense. Here's two dates, one in January, one in February, um, which probably make more sense anyway if you look at it because then you can, you know, have the commercials run during, you know, that stuff, the, the NFL playoffs, as long as we get there, 
right? <laughs> the way the NFL is going lately, we don't know. But anyway, um, but Tyson Fury's moving on. They had the extension from the July date, October, December. He basically says, hey, I was willing to do December 19th, but I'm not willing to wait till January and February. I'm out. I'm out. And it sounds like legally he can do that. So he chose to move on. I think some of the knee-jerk reaction online was like, oh, sweet, so he's going to fight AJ? It's like, no, 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 he's not fighting AJ. He's fighting somebody else, then fighting AJ, which financially, I doubt he's making as much money in this fight than he is with Wilder. So, I mean, it's always dangerous being in there with Wilder. So why not get to that Joshua fight? He did, you know, he did hold out for a while, but it's his decision. You know, I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, top rank's trying to get out of it. It sounds like it was Fury's decision. I've heard the other side where, oh, Wilder's team dropped the ball. Well, they've already extended it. And to extend it again, you have to agree. Both sides have to agree. Clearly, Tyson Fury's not agreeing to extend it. So they did get Aram even said in multiple interviews now that he did go back and say, hey, we can do it in January or February. He decided to move on. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Who is he going to fight? Is it going to be some just pushover? Is it going to be a quality fighter? Because he was going to have to fight Wilder anyway, you know, before his next fight. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But basically, the rematch clause expired, you know, on the contract. So um, it is what it is. Um, Andy Ruiz is now starting camp, but yet we heard that he was going to fight in November. Uh, the f- comeback fight was a fun TV fight. Ruiz uh, Ortiz, or I'm sorry, Ruiz Ariola, and then Ortiz was going to be on the other card, and then they were going to fight, they were going to kind of pump that fight up that way, let them both get a fight underneath them. They're both coming off losses. And I thought Ariola Ruiz is like casually on Fox. I think that's actually the casual fans would like that fight. But now all of a sudden he's not, and, and, and Ruiz says, well, I'm just starting camp. And I'm fighting at the beginning of next year now. And we even heard maybe Ruiz and Ariola was going to be a co-feature on an undercard. So it's like, wait a second, Ruiz. What do you mean? He's like, well, I've been training a little bit, but now I'm getting into getting into camp and, and talking about having to lose weight. And it's like, dude, what have you been doing? So that's kind of disappointing, uh, to say the least. But we'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, there's others. Speaking of training, Kel Brook right now has been kind of training himself, so to speak. Dominic uh, Engel, his trainer, was basically like, hey, dude, you're not going to tell me what to do as far as how we're going to shape the camp. This is the camp. You have to go buy it. It's kind of strange. Kind of strange what's going on there. I only bring it up because, well, first of all, he doesn't have his normal trainer. And second of all, we know 147 is super hard for him to make. I mean, it was three years ago. Remember, that's why he moved to 154. So that's – I don't know how I feel about that one, man. That one's a little tricky. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, anyway, let me just see something here. All right. So, 
it's it. I don't know. So so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Like I said, um, and a couple other news items that we'll get to. Maybe a couple of funny little segments, you know, with the the boxing Twitter thing. But real quick, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. It streams live at archives. Um, it's basically the headquarters. Of course, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and download the show there or listen to it in the browser. You can find the Rope Dope Radio podcast at Apple Podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio, um, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, really across the board. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found everywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's, uh, it's boxing, of course. It's football. It's baseball. It's basketball. It's everything in between. Um, that's thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, or you have and you're not quite happy, I've got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. They do have the seven-day free trial. There's no annual contract. You can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. The plans start as low as $55 a month. And right now, if you sign up, 30-day free trial of HBO Max. Here's another layer. Then we'll get to boxing. The Max package, if you sign up for that, already includes HBO Max plus one free month of Showtime. That's AT&T TV now, like I said, live streaming cable. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring in, let me see here. I'm going to bring in John. We had him on a couple of uh, weeks ago. I actually see that the uh, switchboard is filling up here. No surprise on a fight night like this, but I'm actually seeing, okay, 310 and Wood and a couple other folks that are going to jump in here, too. Sweet. All right. Um, all right. I'm going to go ahead and bring in John into the fold. All right. Let's bring it in. You're live on Rope and Dope Radio. What's going on, John? How the hell are you? Nice to have you back, man. Hey, Chris. Great to be here on the Big Fight Week. Uh, thanks for having me again. We've been looking forward to it. Man, I am really excited for this fight. Um, the level of skill, although it's a different, you know, different uh, fight style. One likes to kind of sit back and counter or, you know, well, they both like to do traps, set traps and whatnot. But one's busier uh, with Loma. One's trying to counter punch you and knock you out in a sense, you know, with Tiafimo. It's just a whole lot of skill um, in the ring. Before we get to that fight, though, because like I said, I, I'm looking at Tiafimo as an as a you know plus 300 plus that I've seen him at 352. It's hard for me not to at least even if you don't think he's going to win, just to take a flyer out on that one. But before we get into that, like I mentioned, I want to get your take on the Emmanuel Navrete and Ruben Villa fight last week. Um, the first probably four out of five rounds, uh, Navarrete was. Very dominant. He scored knockdowns. He was, you know, the left hook. He was timing. Um, uppercut. We know he throws the uppercut from so far out. And some of his shots, he's just leaping at you. And, he, you know, he misses really bad. He gets himself off balance. Sometimes he's so off balance that he's not even near the guy. So, I guess he's not in a whole lot of danger. He's kind of a funky style uh, to figure out. Uh, but that 
72-inch reach or whatever it is at 126 is just crazy. So sometimes when you have these punches from so far away, like I mentioned earlier, it's it's hard to say, God, what are you doing? But then again, if the other guy is out of range to punch you, maybe it's not as big as a mistake. He's kind of a fun fighter um, to watch as he's, uh, you know, gone up the ranks. He hasn't really fought a bunch of guys. That's the problem. We don't know if he can get exploited. Via in the second half of the fight, did some of that. Um, but what do you think of the performance uh, from both guys? And then Navarrete now at 126 with that size, the work rate, and the awkwardness is at least a handful, right? Oh, yeah, Chris. Actually, I'm more in the camp of where you said that I saw a lot of people after the fight, I thought we're, we're overestimating Navarrete missing a few punches here and there with a guy that really didn't want to engage at all. I thought the scoring of the fight was absolutely bizarre. Uh, I thought Navarrete dominated the fight. He scored two knockdowns via hardly through any power punches. The entire- You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed entire night, including in the second half of the fight. Um, so, you know, Navarrete was basically in with a guy who, who even via when he's been in with overmatched opponents, he, he's not somebody looking to engage. And, you know, the idea of the sport is to hit and not get hit. But, you know, he, he's one of those guys, and I thought that going in, uh, that takes it to too, too much of an extreme. You know, he's got a very low KO percentage for a guy on the way up, you know, who had a top amateur background and he's fighting overmatched guys. So, you know, that to me is a red flag. And, and, uh, he, he, you know, he really wasn't doing anything, especially in the first half, like you said. And then, uh, you know, Navarrete dropped him with some good shots. I think Navarrete to me is, is pretty much near the top of the featherweight division. And, you know, I've had that debate with some people, uh, since the fight where, you know, it's consensus, of course, he's, he's top 10, but I, you know, I, I put him, I put him near the top, uh, you know, top rank has the, the deal where, you know, they've got the co-promotional deal with the, with the, uh, the Frank Warren guys and, and uh, Frank Warren had Warrington, but then Warrington went back to match room. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think Warrington, I don't think Warrington would want any part of, of Navarrete or, or that a lot of people are going to want any part of him. He's on a really good run. Um, you know, like you said, before he fought Dog Bay, hadn't really fought that high of opposition, but, but he'd been on a good run. And, you know, I, I thought he looked great in those fights. And, and he's looked good in all the fights since, I think. So 
I think he's definitely a guy that's already at the top of the division. And it's really just a question with guys like Stevenson and Santa Cruz probably leaving the weight. Uh, and, you know, we don't know what Gary Russell is going to do, and he's with PBC anyway. It's just a question to me whether or not Navarrete is going to end up being the number one guy there or not. I, th- I think he's certainly a threat, too. And I, I just didn't think he had any problems. Uh, you know, last Saturday night, I thought he dominated the fight. And to me, he's a streaking guy, good, and is really dominating fights. And he's he's continuing to do so. Like you said, he's a handful. And I think he's at a point right now where he's peaking. He's still only, I think, what, 25 years old. He's really a guy at his peak for a lower weight class like that. I think he's going to be tough to stop right now. Yeah, and I agree. I had it like 8-4, to 9-3. to three. And I was still on the, hmm, I'm not sure, eight to four, but two six six round or six six scorecards? Like, really? Six six. Even the seven to five didn't seem all that correct. I, I was pretty much shaken. I, I didn't I didn't know it's not like Navarrete is now with top rank, you know what I mean? So that, that it threw me off, man. The scorecard you're right, the, the scorecards definitely threw me off on that one. Yeah, no, I don't even give the, the judges the longer I I watch boxing and the more you think about how people are subjective and they look at different things, actually the more time's gone on, I, I'm even willing, willing to give more slack than most boxing fans where, you know, two people could look at the same round and kind of, kind of see it differently. A lot of times legitimately, especially when there's not much to choose from. So a lot of those fights, I'll look at it that way and say, yeah, people say this card's outrageous, but if you're not really just looking to alternate rounds, giving one to one guy and then changing and giving the next close round to the next guy, which I think a lot of people do, but they don't admit it. Um, you know, then you could see how some of these scores might come out, but I couldn't see it in this one. In other words, to me, what was even extra outrageous about it, Chris, was I just didn't see like, in other words, I didn't see six rounds in this fight where a reasonable judge or a reasonable fan even could say, well, I'm not sure if Villa or Navarrete won that round. So I, I just and plus there were two knockdowns in the fight, so really, really was a very, very odd one to me in terms of the scorecards. Yeah, that uh, that was kind of interesting. Um, now we didn't learn a whole lot about you know Elvis Elvis Rodriguez or anybody much on the card. I guess we could say Truck Simpson uh, did get some rounds in. Um, he didn't look particularly great. I didn't think he looked bad, but you know he he, he had some work there. The first couple of uh, fights were really easy. Uh, Brandon Lee, uh, uh, you know the quick knockout and whatnot. Um, not much to to go into um, either of the first two show showbox cards. Um, Charles Conwell is a is a prospect that's starting to get a little noise. They're making a little bit of noise anyway. What do you think of his performance? He didn't really you know, lose any rounds. Um, I thought he went, he he went to the body pretty well. He was using his jab, but uh, you know, some few uppercuts and whatnot. But to me, it took a little while for him to get his engine going and actually kind of show something. Um, I didn't, I just didn't see a whole lot in that fight. Do you think it was just a style or that just part of uh, a prospect on the rise? You're not going to look great every time out. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a combination. He'd been really impressive to me going up to this fight, and you know he's got a really good amateur pedigree. I think it was a combination in this fight of uh, 
you know, he's coming off the Patrick Day tragedy, and you know that's that's it's going to affect any human being, even a you know professional prize fighter. So you know he's coming back from that, and I, I think that was a factor. And then, quite frankly, you know it's professional boxing, and you know everybody's taking a risk. That's understood. You you still have to evaluate what you see of performances in the ring, and and he was really to me he was in with a guy that really didn't want to fight. So you know sometimes you run right through a guy like that, but but sometimes, and I think this was more the case in this one. You know, when a guy just won't punch and won't open himself self up at all because, you know, he, he just, he just doesn't, doesn't want to get hit, and, and he's really not worried about winning the fight. And you can tell that when you have a guy like in a fight like that where, you know, he's not picking up any rounds. We all know he's not picking up any rounds, and he's not a KO puncher. So what's his strategy for winning the fight? In other words, you know he's not really in to win it at that point. He's just in to try to survive. So – I think that's what Conwell was was dealing with uh, here, with uh, you know that fight with uh, Tucson. It was, and uh, I, I just yeah, I, I just w- was not engaging with him. And you know, um, you know, I thought really, you know, not to backtrack, but but even though he's got a better background and, and was a bit high, more highly touted, you know, I, I thought Via was doing a lot of that too. You know, it's hard when it's hard when you're in with a guy that, that just, just won't engage at all. So I think it then did become one of those nights, like you said, Chris, where, you know, Conwell didn't look as good. And I agree. The fight was a sleeper. Okay. Uh, and, you know, let's face when you're prospect on the way up, uh, you know, people are looking for entertainment situations where they want to sure. see you again. And, and Conwell's coming off a tragedy, but boy, you know, I, I did see one fan tweet out, and, and I chuckled a little bit because I thought he kind of summed it up. It was the round before the knockout. So uh, I guess it was wrong in a sense, but I thought he summed it up up to that point. Uh, the fan tweeted out in about the eighth round. I, I don't have time to sit through any more of this on a Wednesday night. I've got to get to bed. And, uh, you know, that, that was, it was one of those kind of fights. And, and, you know, Showbox had two blowouts before that. So, you know, you've got to call him like you see him. Uh, I, I love the Showbox series initially, but that was not exactly uh, prospects in tough like the way it used to be, which was the Showbox motto when it started out. I know we're in a pandemic, but that series is going to have to get back on track. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, you know, like you said, sometimes, I mean, maybe it's actually growth as a prospect not to go and make a bunch of mistakes trying to track a guy down and trying to land this one big punch. He ended up landing, you know, two, three or three uppercuts there and, and it, you know, ended things. But um, I thought you summed that up uh, very well. Um, I mean, we might as well not mess around. Let's get into this Loma and Lopez. You have uh, a guy in Loma who, well, they have about the same amount of fights professionally, but as we know, you know, Loma had a, a turbo start to his career. Salito in his second fight ended up losing a really, really tight fight that if you look at the last chunk of that fight, you could see him improve in the ring. Took out Gary Russell pretty much one-sided. I don't really care what Russell says now. It was a clean clean win. Uh, There's no debate or anything like that. Um, you know, and he's looked really good. Now, 135 is not ideal. Um, I think that we can look at some rounds 
with Pedraza or Campbell or, or, you know, something like that. Obviously, the Linares fight stands out, not just because of the knockdown, but the, the amount of punches he was able to land on Lomachenko. Kiafimo, obviously a different route, but still Turbo, can, you know, Turbo as far as a prospect because to contender to championship uh, level because, you know, the way we generally move our fighters here, he has been on the turbo path. So, you know, he, he came off a in-between a performance off of Nakatani where the reach may have had a lot to do with it, but I also think skill for skill, there was some things that um, came out in that fight a little bit. Obviously, the camp wasn't great. Um, but now, you know, different fighter, but the Komei fight was, I mean, he, he freaking just starched him. And it just feels like he's got his momentum back. Um, how do you break down this fight, man? I, I kind of—it's kind of like turbo chest. You know what I mean? Like the, the chess yeah. match here, the skill for skill—it's uh, a skill fest. You know, how, how do you break this fight down? Um, and who do you—you know—who's your call here? Because, like I said, even if you're going to pick Loma, that plus three, three hundred, plus three fifty, even in some spots, is like really. Yeah, I saw that when it, it opened up at about plus 350. Then I saw it drop to about plus 240. Now I see it back up to about plus 300, as you mentioned at the outset. But for me, I, w- I was with you. That was attractive, but it, but it wasn't my determining factor. I, you know, this to me was one of the best fights that could be made in boxing, and and it's just tremendous that it's, it's one of the best fights that could be made. Not only was it made, but it's going to be on basic cable, ESPN, which – you know, gets to, I think, a little under 100 million homes. Um, so that, that's awesome. Now, with the fight itself, I, I am – I'm going to go with Lopez. Uh, as, as soon as thoughts were made of, of this fight being made, I thought, I think Lopez can do this. Uh, I agree with you, Chris. The Nakatani fight was really his only blemish if you've watched him on the way up. And he, he did look – he did look terrible in that fight, but – it's the only one he didn't look good in to me. And, you know, I do think it was just a, a taller guy. I mean, he, he won every round. You know, he wasn't threatened in the fight or anything. He just didn't look as good. Um, but I, I look at it this way. I, I, I kind of, thinking about this a lot, I, I kind of I agree with you. It, it is going to be a chess type of a thing. And I, I kind of see it. I have Lopez, you know, not that Lomachenko can't win, of course, as good as he is, but I've just kind of got two ways I see Lopez winning this fight um, and kind of the way I see it going. First of all, I think, you know, you have to look at the Linares fight that you pointed out for Lomachenko. Um, Credit to Lomachenko taking out Linares with that body shot, but he'd been dropped before that, and that fight was about even. Now, I I read the Salido fight, which, you know, technically is a loss, but you read that fight just like I do. I don't actually put much stock in that one. It was Lomachenko's second fight, and I think Lomachenko just started slow. Now, that is on Lomachenko, but I think people got a little over-analytical with it. I, I, I thought, you know, if, if Lomachenko would have started the way he finished, you, you know, Salido wouldn't have lasted the distance. So I think he would have taken him out. So... You know, and it was only his second pro fight, so I don't put that much stock in that one. But but looking at that Linares fight, um, you know, he 
didn't get Pedraza out of there. You don't want to be too critical, but 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 again, you know, Pedraza, hey, Tank Davis blasted him out. You know, let's face it, and, and that was at you know 130 pounds. Um, that's something that made a little note of there. Um, I thought Lomachenko did a good job just trying to hunt Campbell down and get him out of there. I, I thought, and you know, Andre Ward said the same thing during that fight, and I was glad Andre Ward you know, had the guts of the commentators say it. Of course, he's a former great fighter, but, you know, Campbell wasn't in that to win it. You know, people that talked about that being close and things like that. So that one, I, I don't think, I, I didn't think it was really competitive. I just thought Campbell wanted to, to go 12. And, and you know, I like, I agree with you again, Chris. I like what Lomachenko has done with his pro career. Unlike some of these other guys who had, you know, he had almost 400 amateur fights and they don't really adjust. Um you know, you know, frankly, especially the guys that a lot of times don't come up, you know, uh, in the United States or Mexico where, you know, they're expecting pros to bang people out of there. Um, you know, sometimes some of the, these guys, you know, see sometimes with some of the Cubans and, and so, you know, some of the guys in the former Soviet blocks, not all, of course, uh, but, you know, you'll see them kind of sometimes revert back to some of their amateur style. And, and why I'm alluding to that is, I do think that, you know, Tiafimo Lopez with the youth, the, the good solid size for the weight class, the boxing skill and the power, I don't think, I credit Vasil Lomachenko for, you know, how he's developed in his pro career, going to the body, uh, hunting down some of these guys that, that were a little bit intimidated of him and didn't want to engage and then getting stoppages. I really credit him. For that, he's made a good adjustment, but I don't think he's going to do that here. I've seen some people say that. In other words, I don't think you're going to see even the, the Vasily Lomachenko who took Linares out with a body shot after being down. I don't think you're going to see that against Lopez. I see some people talking that way. I think there's going to be too much speed and power here for a 32-year-old Lomachenko that's been off for over a year. I don't mean that in the sense that he's going to not be – uh, it's not going to be a tight fight or he's going to get blown out or something like that. But, I mean, I think you're going to see the amateur Lomachenko come back. I, I think you're going to see some of this stuff of, you know, flicking jabs and, and not really engaging. Uh, one criticism I still have of Lomachenko where you see the amateur part, which, r- remember, he was coming up from the counting punches era of the amateurs, which was terrible, you know, for, for all countries, all of amateur boxing where, you know, they were just counting the punches. They've gotten rid of that. It was a horrible system. But, you know, a lot of those guys that had a lot of amateur fights under that counting the punches system, they, they want to jab out there and then they want to they wanna jump away and not get hit because it was always the, you know, score a point and then don't let the guy score on you. And some of them, they get out of it as pros, but then in, in tougher fights with tougher opponents, sometimes it'll come back. I just think you're going to see some of that come back with Lomachenko. I, I think Lopez, with the speed and power, you're just not going to want to engage a guy like that. So I actually, as much as I'm looking forward to it, I see the possibility that you know the fight could be dull with, with Lomachenko wanting to be perfect, not wanting to engage. I mean, Lomachenko tries to be perfect anyway a lot of times, even against lesser opponents. I think he's really going to do it against Lopez, where unless he really feels he's got an opening, he's not going to throw. And I think, you know, he's defensively so good, he's not going to be easy for Lopez to hunt down. So I could see a lot of rounds where Lopez is pursuing, maybe having semi-effective aggression, aggression enough that I would give him 
rounds. Maybe some people who like the flicking the jab out and the, 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 the defense might not. But I think Lopez could have a shot at catching him along the way just with his speed and power. I'm not going to predict that he'll definitely catch him along the way. But, but I think he, he pursues enough and, and he's got more offense where he, he either gets a decision or maybe he catches him along the way. And I just don't think you're going to see a Lomachenko that engages enough. And I think I could see maybe this, this, this decision even being controversial. So that, that's kind of the way I see it going. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Uh, man, I'm really looking forward to it. It, it. I'll say this, though. There were – my thing with uh, Tiafimo is work rate um, in scoring, the ability to score points to win rounds throughout rather than – and I'm not saying all he does is look for one punch because he doesn't. He can jab to the stomach really well. He can use jab in general. He can go in and out or whatever, but to me, and, and obviously if Loma does have his footwork and he's coming forward, not if he, he has it, but if he's going to come forward with it and use angles and all that, maybe that helps out Tiafimo, you know, to set a trap and counter and all that. I guess that's my only problem is we know the rapid fire, like you said, pity pat, whatever you want to call it, uh, scoring rounds, scoring points to win rounds. I wonder if that's going to be an issue with Tiafimo and he can't get caught up in that one big punch. I mean, that that's kind of my biggest thing. Um, I don't know. And we haven't seen, like, how good are Tiafimo's feet? There hasn't been a bunch of fights that we've seen that. I, I'm just kind of in between. I'm still kind of on the fence. I am leaning Loma. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give my prediction a little, a little bit later, but I'm really excited about Tiafimo wins this fight, especially how some people think he can and probably will if he does win. I mean, this guy could really start to uh, bring in a casual boxing fan. Yeah, it, it'll be a it'll be a boxing superstar making performance, especially with the platform he's got. You know, I have some of the concerns you did, Chris, and, and I think what I'm looking at in this fight is I think that a lot of those problems. And I don't mean that he's going to be by any stretch of the imagination. I don't see a scenario where he's going to be, you know, landing at will on somebody as good defensively as Lomachenko or anything like that. But I think just with his, you know, he's, he's a young guy with the youth, with the youth speed and the power. In other words, he's not just fast. He's got the speed and the power. And I think Lomachenko won't be an easy guy to hunt down, but I think that, just, just with that speed and power combo that, that he, he may be, he's going to be able to get Lomachenko not throwing as much. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. And, you know, he may not be landing clean, that type of thing, but but has that speed to move his hands and and maybe, you know, and I think he will be able to, you know, close rounds, but pick up some rounds. And and again, don't want to be misunderstood here um, because they, of course, are not in the stratosphere of the talent of Lomachenko. So let's get that out of the way first. But with that understood, you know, you think about the way Tiafimo Lopez took out. Diego Magdaleno and Mason Menard, who were, who were, you know, kind of, kind of lightweights that are a little bit smaller and 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 but are quick guys, and and just the the, sure. the power shots he was able to land on those guys. Again, with with my preface understood about they're not in the same stratosphere as Lomachenko's level of talent, but you know Menard. He did have a loss to a guy with a losing record earlier in his career by KO, so you've got to look at that. But he, but he did have a very good amateur background. Was in the U.S. Olympic trials, and and you know Magdaleno also a very good background. And again, I'm I'm not saying these guys are in Lomachenko's stratosphere, but but just their size and and the pretty quick guys, and and just just the way Lopez was able to detonate on him. Because I do agree that some of the people who are backing Lomachenko say. I think this is correct, even though Comey's a tough guy. Style-wise, you know, the Lopez KO of Comey, except the fact that he's got that kind of power, I agree, doesn't really mean all that much. But that's when you go back and you look at some of these other guys and you say, you know, Lopez has been able to get those power shots in. Again, just the Nakatani fight was the only one he – the only one he didn't. I mean, that's the only one there. He just didn't look good. Uh, I agree with you. I think it might have been just a just a taller guy. But you know, if you're a Lopez detractor, you can look at that. But I but I look at that Menard and that Magdaleno fight, and I think that's where I think along the way Lopez might be able to catch him with something big. Sure. And as far as size, clearly Lopez is much bigger. We saw in that height video him saying. Look at how much he's three times as big as me and all that. And I've heard some credible people go into the Salido fight and kind of conjuring up uh, a theory that it's going to be the bigger guy. And it's a bigger puncher um, than, you know, at 135 than, than, than Loma with Tiafimo, of course. Um, but to me, like, is it just getting hit with that many big shots, that many powerful counter shots, maybe shots that he doesn't see coming. Is that just the size that way? Because I just don't see Lopez all of a sudden coming forward, leading with his head, grinding out some, you know, oh, here's an elbow, take that with you type fight. It's not like he's going to be leaning on uh, Lomachenko. You know what I mean? That doesn't really look like that's Teofimo's style either. So you think just the size – does size play into it just because, you know, I mean, Tiafimo said himself that he's going to be at 140 before we know it. I think it, pay, I think it plays into it slightly, but I think people are overrating it. I think there is 
Loma, I mean, uh, Lopez is an inch taller, and that and that matters, you know. Um, but I, I think that's a bit overrated. I, I think that, you know, if, if Lomachenko does lose, the Lomachenko fans and the Lomachenko backers are, backers are immediately going to say size, and I don't think it'll be that simple. Uh, what I always say with that is, and, you know, really you, you don't hear this enough. I mean, I mean, Lomachenko fought 132 pounds in the amateurs. So, you, you know, sure. I mean, it's a three pound, it's a three pound difference. And people get so crazy about this weight stuff. I mean, he's fighting three pounds over, you know, where he finished out at the amateurs. I mean, he's not, he's not fighting at welterweight. I, I mean, so, you know, I think people immediately go to that. I do consider Lopez the bigger guy in this fight. Again, just for the simple fact, he, he is a taller guy. Um, but but I think people are, are making too much of that. You know, and I, I agree with what you're saying there. I, I don't see it. I don't see the Salido fight having much relevance. I, I'm looking at the Linares fight, though, with Lomachenko has some relevance. Um, and again, people say, oh, well, well, Lomachenko, Loma's got a lightweight now. Linares was a featherweight. I mean, people get so caught up in this weight stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, when it's not there. So, you know, Linares was a guy that, that you know, fought as a featherweight. So where was the big, you know, again, he's a, he's a taller guy than Lomachenko, but it wasn't the fact like people get into that. Well, I don't like Lomachenko as a lightweight. Well, you know, he's fighting three pounds over where he was at the amateurs. I mean, I, I think if Lopez wins this fight it's not going to be simply a size thing like people will say now Lomachenko is 32 years old you know for a for a lighter weight fighter that is starting to get there I mean if you want to talk about a 32 year old guy who's been off uh over a year yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna look I am looking at that and uh you know I do consider Lopez a little bit bigger but I think people shouldn't just go to the size analysis too easily and say it's all about that well, there you have it, our first prediction for Tiafima Lopez. And is it via knockout or clean decision or majority decision, maybe split? What, what, are, we, what are we thinking here? I'm, 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 i got to admit, I'm hedging a little bit on that one, Chris. I don't like to do it, but sometimes with yeah. the analysis, you have to. I mean, as, as the fight's gotten – when the fight was first yeah, signed, Tuesday I thought – Yeah, it's Tuesday, too. So, I mean, yeah, when the fight was first signed, I thought that, you know, low, and right, and weigh-ins do matter in these things just in terms of sometimes what kind of condition somebody's in. So – uh, we've seen that enough that you, you don't want to ignore that factor. You don't want to go solely on that. But like what I'm saying is, we'll make up a scenario. But we know in boxing can happen. If if Lopez is 140 the day before the fight and he's got to lose five right. pounds or something like that, you know, we right. can't ignore those factors. And and boxing could be crazy. Or if even Lobachenko did that, you couldn't ignore it. So, uh, um, but you know, Lopez would be more known for that. He's supposed to be walking around heavier. So. Um, no, but I, 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 as the fight's gotten closer, I kind of started thinking, you know, Lomachenko might just be a little too skilled for Lopez to get him out of there. Um, and that, right. that would be much more scenario where it's not that exciting of a fight, but that Lopez, maybe, the, but there's suspense there, just wondering what might happen. And maybe Lopez is just brings enough that, He's got Lomachenko not throwing as much, and there's a lot of tight rounds, and and uh, you know he he ekes away a decision that maybe some people that like Lomachenko style are thinking that he won the fight. I'm leaning towards that type of scenario now, but I just think with with Lopez's speed power combo, that maybe as that type of a fight's going on, 
you know, he, he could he could land a bomb. Um, so I, I'm leaning with the decision, but I don't think it's out of the question that Lopez could land a bomb along the way. And let me just say to, to give, you know, depth to, to the analysis, um, you know, you can always be wrong, but I don't see a scenario of a Lomachenko KO. I don't see that in this fight because I just don't think that he would commit enough uh, with uh, the power and the speed that Lopez has to do that. And, you know, Lomachenko shown some power, but I, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to be throwing those kind of shots at Lopez in this fight. So that scenario, I don't see. Sure. Well, that's great analysis per usual. Hopefully we can get you back on to kind of do the post fight stuff next week. I appreciate sure. you stopping in, John. You have yourself a good night, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Looking forward to it next yes, time. Sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a good have one. A good night. Yeah, you too. Appreciate it. Um, I'll tell you what, man. This is an interesting fight. This is really fun. I, I love these type of fights. I know, like I said, on the betting, you know, on the books, that it, it's not a 50-50 fight, but it's pretty damn close to it, man. I, I have seen a couple of items that I I wonder how that – I think the Nakatani fight is a good fight to, to go off of now – Nakatani 5'11 with a 71-inch reach. Teofimo has a 68-and-a-half. He's still going to have three inches on Loma, but I'm talking style. Nakatani didn't sit there and box on the outside only, but he also didn't press forward like a Salido, right? He was kind of playing that in-between, but I think he was leading the pace more, and he was able to land a fair amount of punches um, on him uh, over and over, um, but maybe that's what he had to go through. I heard Teddy Atlas saying today that, you know, without that fight, uh, he wouldn't be able to win this fight, whatever it is. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to this fight. I will give my breakdown a little bit later in the show. Got a couple other folks here that are going to pop in. Right now we're going to go with senior writer from BoxingScene.com, Jake Donovan. What's going on, Jake? How the hell are you on a hey, what's up, Chris? October 9th? Yeah, man. No, glad we could finally uh, do this. I know it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, we're trying to connect. Um, honored to be on. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, just looking forward to dive right into it. Definitely, man. Let's dive right into it. And I remember maybe a month ago or something like that, maybe longer ago, you had this uh, this tweet that listed about six or eight fights, and uh, it was showing that hey, man, we're gonna have a you know, you were just kind of innocently saying, hey, we're going to have a pretty good fall here. And that's, right. even, you know, without some fights now that are still, that we knew were going to be added or are still going to be added. And the whole sky is falling thing that we were getting some, from some folks out there, not just the fans, but just some folks in general. And, you know, I call names of media. I'm not going to ask a professional like yourself, sir, to do any of that. So don't don't even think about that part. But... You know, June and July happened. It is what it is. Uh, some people are happy just to have something there. Us hardcores had something. They had some upsets. They had some pretty good fights. They had some stinkers, yada, yada, yada. But by the time August came around, they did save money, too. I remember Bob saying that in an interview and saying that he's going to have some, some more money to close now, uh, which kind of makes sense. I remember asking those of saying that, too. Like, yeah, we didn't do anything at the time. But we do have some cash, money at the budget, whatever that meant. But since August, we basically returned to more major boxing. 
and it's it's been pretty damn good. We've had a hell of a run. Some of this is going to be focused on ESPN because I really feel like, um, including September, but really just this fourth quarter on paper, what they have since they've had this deal, I'm really impressed. And hopefully, you know, we can go into 2021 with that. But what are your thoughts since the the Povekian, the Charlo, the the, the white Povekian, the Charlo, the, the Showtime card, the, just the last couple of months of boxing returning? I think it's been pretty good, all things considered, as of right now. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And you know what? Even when Top Rank uh, came out the box with its, uh, you know, its summer series, um, it, the matchups weren't the best. I, I think it was far more forgiving than a lot most. I mean, it, that was like one of those series I wanted, you know, you had, someone had to be first. So you wanted to see where it went. I thought Top Rank handled it very responsibly. You know, again, the matchups, we, we can't say that enough. The matchups weren't great. The ratings certainly weren't great. You know, I, I thought they made the most of a very bad situation. Um, it, it kind of provided the template for everyone else to follow. You got to see what life in the bubble is like. You know, fighters got a sense of, like, what it's going to be like to fight without, you know, they always envision, you know, fighting without fans in attendance. And every fighter seems to have the same thing going into a fight. You know, they say, oh, you know, it, it's just like sparring, except you're getting paid for it. Then you get in the bubble and you realize, okay, it's not just like sparring. You get the punches a lot louder. It's, it's just a completely different environment. You're looking for, you know, the crowd to pick you up and they're not there. So, it's you know, you're literally in there all by yourself for, for three minutes, you know, without any of that support. So um, there were so many variables, you know, in June and July. I thought so many people just railed against top rank for the sake of railing on them. But, I, you know, I applauded them. I, they can't, you know, they worked hard with the Nevada Commission and the Nevada government to come up with all the protocols in place. And... They, um, they they overcame, you know, there was so, all these, you know, positive COVID tests that they had to deal with. Um, I, I like what Showtime did after that. You know, they came in, their very first show, um, you know, Stephen Fulton, you know, poor guy, you know, finally fighting for a world title. He tested positive. They had a replacement in place right away. The, the show went off without a hitch. So I like that, you know, Showtime and PBC, you know, were planning that for every event, you know, Fox Sports shows as well. So that that's the thing I've been most proud of, you know, um, as boxing has picked up, you know, since June is that, they they had a starting point. They learned from their mistakes, and they're moving forward. We're, we're getting that nice progression, you know. So, it, um, and the tweet you're referring to, you know, I was pointing out the number of top level matchups. Like we had Jamel Charlo and Jason Rosario. I, I'm a big junkie on you know lineal championships. You know, people talk right. about world champions. I'm big on number one versus number two fighting each other for the true championship. That was that fight on September 26th. We have it this weekend with Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez. And there's just so many other fights where, you know, it's like two top five guys that are fighting on the same, you know, the September 26th card, Jamal Charlo and Sergei Derbychenko. You know, they were top, I think, in the top three in, in most ratings for middleweight, you know, uh, as far as, like, consensus yeah, ratings. Yeah, so like, you know, that same day. Right. Exactly, yeah. Bre- Bredis and, uh, yeah, Marius Bredis became the lineal champ, you know, and he beat Union uh, Dodico. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing all these top matchups. So, it's gets the fans now to kind of, you know, respond. But like you said, once August rolled around, top rank, they got all the growing things out of the way in June and July. They came out the box, you know, with uh, late summer with Joe Smith and later Alvarez. It's just been an, a nice run ever since then. Even the fights were like you didn't think were going to be, you know, uh, whether you didn't think they were going to be good or even, you know, fights didn't have a lot of profile, they turned out to be very good, you know, especially uh, a couple of weeks ago, sort of, with Jose Cepeda yeah. and uh, Ivan Baranchez, where everyone, that's like the, the runaway candidate for fight, you know, fight of the year right now. So, and, and probably in like conversation for knockout of the year, too, so... Um, like I said, I, I, I love the way I, I think, you know, in a way, we're almost kind of getting spoiled because it's like boxing, it's like, there has to be a lot of people losing a lot of money. I mean, I think, I think the sport was already losing money earlier in the year. It's like pay-per-views, you see these exorbitant, you know, sure. purses that are being handed out and God bless boxes, you know, they, whatever they can get, they, they've earned every penny of it. 
but someone has to lose money if, you know, fans aren't responding. So, um, and, and then, you know, in the summer series too, it's the same thing. It's, you know, they're making this investment, you know, they're not getting any gate, you know, if the, you know, the ratings aren't there, you know, the advertisers aren't as willing to spend money on these events too. So, but they're still, you know, plugging forward, you know, the zone, I don't know what this description is, right. But they got a heck of a fall when the schedule coming up. So I, I like, I, said, I mean, I've said it, you know, enough on Twitter, but I'm, I'm going to keep, you know, say it here as well. It's, you know, I, I really, I'm looking forward to, you know, everything that's in store for the rest of the year. Yeah, me too. And even like the last couple of years, people, you know, because Spence and Crawford doesn't get made or because Wilder and AJ didn't get made, although we got two fights with Wilder and Fury, two fights with Ortiz, you know, so they'll pick one or two fights. And yes, of course we want those fights, but let's not just, put them all in that basket. We've had a ton of unifications. We'd have a, a ton of just great fights over the last couple of years than what we were getting. And not only that, Jake, but the mid-level fight, mm-hmm. you know, that is getting way more attention than it used to. We did the prospect, you know, trying to move into a contender or whatnot. But I think the mid-level, maybe a seventh guy against the eighth or fourth against the tenth that gives a good fight or, or whatever. I think that just yeah. the sheer amount of there's too much boxing out. We know that. There's too many games. We get that. <laughs> but I'll say that mid level fight has been pretty phenomenal to watch it getting televised actually. Yeah, I, I agree. And and that's you know what I was alluding to earlier. It's like sometimes you just have to be forgiven of the schedule that's in place. I mean look in a healthy environment, yeah, a lot of these fights it's like why the hell are we watching this fight this weekend? But let's talk about, you know, Eddie Hearn's fight camp series in, in the summer. You know, Eddie always gets a lot of sticks. You know, <laughs> you know, people just love to hate on the guy. But every, I mean, that, that four-week series, every event had a, you know, a legit top 10, top 15 fight of the year contender. I mean, right out of the box, you know, with Ted Cheeseman, his fight. Uh, you know, Kate, we had two phenomenal uh, female fights. You know, Katie Taylor and Delphine Pursun rematch. Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas. Pavekian yeah, White, I mean, that's an ending that nobody is going to forget for a long time. Even with Cepeda Baranchek you know, surpassing them in the fight of the year race. It's like those two are the best knockouts of you. I still remember, you know, Alexander Vivekan Browning and just, you know, the way he flattened Dillian White. And, you know, now they're going to get to do it all over again if, if the British Boxman board allows it. So it's like you, you get those hidden gems sometimes where you don't expect it. So that, that's, and sometimes, you know, the fights we, we look so forward to, it's like greatest daughter coach, for example. We waited literally a year for this fight to happen. And, you know, it wasn't quite, you know, the, the all out war that we wanted. You know, it was, some people in the sense that they thought it was a boring fight. I thought it was a good tactical fight, which is wasn't you know, what we didn't expect. But you know, sometimes the fight seems like you want this fight, you want this fight, then you finally get the fight. It's like, oh man, this fight didn't live up to my expectations. So sometimes you just need to sit back, tune in, and you know, sometimes the sport is just going to surprise you. Again, you know, keep going back to the Peyton and Baranchek. It was just, you know, most people look at all, you know, two guys, two top ten guys at 140. But you know, but if I know means the best, I mean, we already know that Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor are the best, but. You know, look at this fight. Uh, Jose Ramirez's fight with Victor Postol. That was, you know, uh, a unified champ against a, a legit top five uh, contender, a former champ. You know, it wasn't the greatest fight. And even had, a, you know, not everybody, you know, quite agreed with I thought Ramirez won. Not everybody quite agreed with the decision, especially, you know, any wide scoring in that fight. Josh Taylor had a complete sure. walkover. So then, you, like you said, you need those mid-level fights sometimes to kind of, you know, bridge the gap. You know, my, uh, you know, my, my ride or die part, you know, Raging Dave, she always talks about, you know, Boxing needs that middle class, you know, the, um, you know, the, the club show circuit, you know, you know, you need those, you know, the, the promoter, you know, to fill the gaps, at, you know, you, it can't just be top heavy all the time. Cause um, so, you know, if you get all these big fights then it's like, okay, what do we have to look forward to in the future? Sometimes you, you need that, you know, momentum to go. 
So I, I feel like a lot of the fights we're getting now, it, it actually is building towards something bigger in the future, which hopefully if we get healthier, you know, in the ring and, you know, in the world in 2021, we will start to see, you know, some of these bigger fights. In the meantime, I, I really like what we have, you know, just to kind of hold the line. Yeah, exactly. And I like how you said that, you know, before it was like the big fight or whatever, some kind of stay busy highlight real knockout to get to a big fight. Now we're actually having it to where and you can kind of see ever since the money went up that I think the promoters and matchmakers are like, all right, dude, let's just put these two dudes in the ring and they can move on. Right. Whoever wins that, they can move on. So it's creating a better competitive fight. And I try to tell people once a random casual is tuning in, they don't know but three or four fighters anyway. So why not right. have a competitive? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And then, like, uh, I, I'm even thinking of, like, the uh, F, the last FS1 card that we saw. Uh, I think it was the last one. Right. Uh, Mark McSayo. You know, he was matched off. It's, um, uh-huh. you know, everyone thought that was, just, you know, his, of course, you know, his <laughs> John D. again is predicting he was going to roll through him. He's going to knock him out. Everyone believed it, you know, because they didn't know uh, – they didn't know a whole lot about uh, the, the opponent's sentiment um, other than, you know, his previous fight. But, you know, that turned out to be a good, actually, all four fights on that card. I thought, well, you know, very good test. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Yeah, you know, we're seeing those those prospects being matched up, and those are the events that are slept on. Um, you know, I think the guy that was on before me was talking about how Showbox is always carried. You know, that's the series where you know guys go in there, they know their risks and the roles, and we didn't quite get that in, uh, you know, in, in their one offering. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, last week. So you know, hopefully it doesn't discourage them from moving forward. You know, they just like, they do have to get back to their roots. Although I. Um, I will say I did like I, I didn't like the fight between Charles Conwell and Wendy Toussaint. It was a very boring fight. But I like the fact that Charles Conwell had to overcome that style. He, you know, it was a tough fight. He didn't just settle for a window. He, he looked, he, you know, he looked for a way yeah. to close the show. So that's what I got out of that card. The other the mm-hmm. two fights on he the card, you know, they were. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get anything out of the other card. <laughs> Those were, you know, fights that yeah, yeah. didn't belong on Showtime, quite frankly. So I, I like Brandon Lee a lot, but he's, you know, way beyond the point where he, you know, he can't have any more showcase fights. Especially, you know, he's been on Showbox quite a few times already. So. Um, but uh, like I said, yeah, you, like you know, we repeat ourselves, but you got to look for those hidden gems. So it's, it, there's something to get out of every single show. So, uh, and I've gotten right. there's been more shows that I've watched since you know boxing's return since the pandemic, where I've been pleased with you know what I saw that night. Jose Pedraza is another good example. He was kind of left for dead, you know, before the pandemic. You know, Jose Cepeda beat him. Everyone's like, okay, this guy's done. He has no shot at 140. Now he's like, we're arguing whether or not he's a top 10, you know, contender in a stacked 140 pound yeah. division. And he's done that during the pandemic. Elvis Rodriguez has, you know, four wins during the pandemic. You know, guys, you know, if uh, they're willing to take advantage of the opportunity, it's death for them to shot. 
Speaking of taking advantage of an opportunity, what happened to, and maybe it was just a rumor, but what happened to Andy Ruiz's date where he was either going to possibly be a main event to build a Ortiz fight, which I was pumped yeah. if it was going to be Ariola, just on a casual, you know, brawl, whatever, get him back. Now, or, or they were saying, Jake, that he was going to be a co-feature to one of these pay-per-views, and now all of a sudden he's like, well, I got to get in shape. I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm going to fight in January and February. What the hell happened there? Am I just yeah, you am know, I reaching here, or does it kind of make you scratch no. your head? No, I, it does make a scratch ahead. You know, Andy Ruiz, he was I, almost like competing with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. with all these bizarre training videos. It's like, oh, look at me. I'm thin. I'm in shape. But, you know, not quite as <laughs> as exotic as, as sure. Jr. But, yeah, it's like he left his, you know, perception. He was staying in shape. He learned his lesson. Uh, to me, I, what I'm getting out of it, you know, he's with Eddie Reynoso now, so I think that's a you – know, he needs someone like that as long as he's going to pay attention because Eddie's certainly not going to take any crap from him. But, you know, maybe, yeah. who knows that. They just need time to gel. But, yeah, like you said, for whatever reason, you know, that November 7th card, I always knew it was going to be a heavyweight triple header. I knew Luis Ortiz yeah. was going to be on the card. But, I, you know, right. well, okay, Luis Ortiz is going to be the chief support to Luis and Ariel. And that's even a nice, you know, again, you know, two guys on the same sure. card, you match them together in the future exactly. if you can't get right. a pilot shot. You know, and then, like I said, I, I think as soon as we report it, then also, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Luis might not be on the card anymore. But, all right, yeah, so, all right, good. Maybe he'll wind up on Spence Garcia. That's it. You know, Ruiz Ariola, right. even if he doesn't fight Ariola, either one of them on that card makes for, you know, an intriguing placement on this show. And, you know, so now Andy's not fighting until next year. That's, I, I'm not necessarily disappointed that I'm not seeing Andy Ruiz next year, but I, I was really looking forward to that fight with Chris Ariola just because it was supposed to happen before the pandemic, too. And it's like you figured it was one of those fights that was going to finally resurface it. Yeah, very disappointing. And I'm and, good you know, with that on the main event spot. Right. Okay, that's fine. People will tune in and never watch it. They'll have a fun. They'll have a blast watching it. And then you can build your team. It just, it, it, the quotes from boxing scene, this is going to be fun. This can be fun, yeah. dude. I'm going to have a fun time in camp. It's like, dog, come on. Smile a little bit. Of course, you have some fun. But he was talking about yeah. who's going to be there and stuff. Like, dude, what the? All right. We, we'll get off it. We'll get off it. That is, I like how yeah, you put that, though. I'm not really a you know, mad that we didn't see him because, well, shit, then you don't deserve it. But, uh, you know, it, it just it made me stress. Like, dude, yeah, now we got a, a main event that should be a main event, you know? Yeah, I agree. It could be, you know, a thing. So I'm not going to, you know, try to put words in anyone's mouth at PPC, but maybe it's just, you know, a situation where they don't see value in putting that fight on in November. That, you know, maybe they just don't see the returns coming if they put that fight on in November and, you know, they just, you know, told Vulcan, okay, we'll stand down. We'll get you back, you know, in, in January, February, whatever. I, again, I don't know if that's the situation with them. All I know is that, you know, the, it was that fight was targeted for November 7th up until it wasn't. <laughs> yes, yeah, so now, now we got Luis Ortiz and Alexander Flores. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, as a comeback off a of knockout, I'm okay. But as a main event, oh. I don't know about that's that. Anyway. That's a tough To me, to me that's, that's saying that also, too, is that, you know, PBC is just, is just going to put on a show in November. I'm not, I'm not claiming PBC. Right. White flag for the rest of the year. Right. But it's like, okay, well, you know, here it is. You know, we got the slot. Like you said, you know, once fans, you know, casual fans tune in, they don't know what the hell they're watching. You know, unless it's an absolutely big name. So they, they probably, they might not even know Chris Ariola. You know, they, I, I would like to believe that they know sure. Andy Ruiz based on what he accomplished last year. But, you know, right. if they tune in, it's like, okay, well, this is a bunch of heavyweights. They, 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 you know, the casual fan probably doesn't care, you know, who's necessarily fighting. And, you know, and the ratings that they're getting on Fox, it's obviously not just the hardcore boxing fans because if that was the case, you know, every show would be getting those same million viewers. So 
And, you know, at the end of the day, maybe it only peaks 300 more thousand or something like that. But, hey, that's a lot for us boxing <laughs> fans uh, to add exactly. on to a peak. Um, but this weekend, uh, besides mm. Pacquiao Horn, because that obviously got a lot of run back, you know, <laughs> on the open, of course. But, um, yeah. I, you know, it was nice two to two and a half weeks out, Jake, to see a commercial mm. on ESPN during a game, during SportsCenter. I was listening to uh, uh, Jalen and Jacoby. They mentioned it because they're part of ESPN, uh, as you know. I mean, it's they're really putting, you know, maybe it's not the Fox muscle because they go crazy with it, right? I mean, not right now because right. the show is going to step back, but we can't expect that. But this has right. been pretty damn good. And now that they don't have a game lead-in, which I thought they did, I checked the guide today and they don't. Um, and maybe that's an error too. Maybe it will pop up in a, in a day or so. Sometimes that happens. I'm just happy that they're really, you can see they're invested in this fight. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm pretty sure that's the cause for why they're just opening up the whole show on every platform. I, I love that they're doing that. I mean, you know, for, yeah. for the longest, it's like, you know, they kept talking about, okay, this is streaming is the wave of the future. You know, we're going to keep, you know, cater to the, the cable covers because there was a while where I didn't have cable. I just, you know, was just getting all these streams. I subscribed to ESPN Plus, and I'm like, wait a minute, why the hell can't I watch this damn fight? It's like I, I'm paying five bucks a month to not watch a fight. That makes no damn <laughs> So I, I love that, you know, they're, they're going to experiment with this one. It's like, you know, and maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe it does impact the rating. Maybe people who just stream stuff, they're not going to watch it on the linear channel. But I love the fact that, you know, they, they're going all the way in. It's not even – I mean, it's the whole night now in boxing, like you said. There, you know, there's no lead-in game. So the entire show, everything that was going to be, you know, streamed on ESPN Plus is now going to be on ESPN. I love that part of it. But not only that, I mean, they're going all in. They're, they're making this a true fight week. They got, you know, several reporters are, uh, are in Las Vegas for this event. You know, Pete Eidig is there for boxing scene. Several other writers are going to be there. They're having, you know, the press conference on uh, ESPN2 in prime time. To have the weigh in on ESPN two, you know, it, it feels like you know, big, you know, back when HBO ran the game, and you know, they had a big pay per view attempt, uh, event coming up. You know, they basically took over on ESPN and all the, you know, all these platforms. I, we're back to that, so that's like you know, we got that big fight feel, and I'm sure you, a lot of people who you know, they're the hardcore boxing fan in the circles. A lot of people are asking them, hey, you know, we got that fight this weekend. You know, they, they're be, you know, we're being asked. You know who's the big fight this weekend? You know what do you think about Lomachenko? I love that. It's like this is not this is like the first week I feel like since the pandemic where I feel like, okay, boxing is back. This is a really good litmus test. I'm not going to say that it's going to you know generate three four million viewers. I'm, I'm going to really temper my expectations on that. But I just love the fact that all eyes are you know are on this weekend and on boxing for a change. That's this is really what we need. And if it is successful, then again we get to look forward to it next month because you know they're going to give. I don't know if the same aggressive treatment for Terrence Crawford, but, you know, at least somewhat similar treatment. So, you know, for his fight with uh, exactly. Kel Brooks. So, yeah, and hopefully this is, you Especially know, like that ESPN. Yeah, and a lot of people, are, you know, trying to, they don't want to give too much credit for, you know, top ranks not going with pay-per-view. It's like, okay, well, they couldn't because the pay-per-view market's already flooded. But ESPN has stepped up, you know, they, they offered up enough money to, to bring these fights on, on linear television. So they, they deserve, you know, even if you want to give top rank the credit, at least give ESPN the credit. For yeah, that. exactly. You know, because... That was yeah. my take exactly, so, Jake. I'm not going to go bend over backwards for Bob on this one because he did say it was going to be a pay-per-view. But obviously right. ESPN stepped up, clearly, because they, yeah. they closed the gap, they right? They so. did, absolutely. And, and, <laughs> yeah, another part of this, too, I don't know if you got to see it, but the two-part series they had, the Blood, Sweat, and Tears, I, I thought both mm-hmm. shows were excellent. 
I really miss that shoulder yep. programming with Fox Sports. That was the thing. I, I thought Fox Sports actually had too much shoulder programming in year one. It's like I didn't feel like we needed a face-off with, you know, <laughs> with uh, Devin Alexander yeah, playing on that one spot. But, but at least – Right, but it, but at least the commitment was there though, and I love that. I mean, as a writer, I just got so much content from those shows, and you know, whatever you, whatever information you didn't have going in, at least you got it. You know, thirty minutes later, so I, I you know, I like that. You know, ESPN is doing that for this. Hopefully, again, they do it for Terrence Crawford, and you know, we uh, go over Charlton Oscar Valdez. I don't, you know, again, they're not going to get the the red carpet treatment that this one is getting, but you can expect that it's just going to be more than okay, we're going to throw it on the stream, and then you know, you know, you're just going to have to tune in on fight night. So I, I like that to bring it back this big fight week feel. Exactly. And like you said, a lot of it is word of mouth when your casuals start to come up to you and message yes. you. This is how it this is how it builds. And two thousand nineteen as far as regular ESPN was rough. Plus yeah, they it had was. Fights, but it was pretty rough. It was rough. But this year, at the beginning of the year I thought they did pretty good and you could see what they had on their calendar or Maybe it was there or it wasn't there just yet, but you can kind of see, okay, it's going to be pretty good. But as far as this close to the year for ESPN, and just in general, we've mentioned other ones too, but i got to say, since this deal, this has got to be their best string of fights since they had this deal. I I agree, yeah. And even, like I said, in the beginning, I mean, well, obviously, you know, they attacked Elon Machenko and Terrence Crawford, so they, they, they came out the box very strong. But not necessarily every matchup was strong. It was just, you know, it was it was almost like, you know, what to the point that HBO reached, you know, it's like we're showcasing the fighters, not necessarily the fight. Like you said, this has been a, a very strong run of matchups. So, yeah, it is very possible that since they started, you know, going prime time on ESPN that it's the best we've seen. And, you know, I, again, I, I love the fact, you know, that, that it's centered around two big events. It's like there's a lot of good matchups leading up to this point. There's more good matchups to come. And then we get Terrence Crawford. I don't know if a lot of people necessarily like the Kell Brook fight, but um, my understanding is uh, Joshua Franco and, and Andrew Maloney, the rematch is going to be on that card too. So at least we have, you know, look forward to that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I, right. That's, uh, <laughs> so I, I hope that comes out. Otherwise I'm going to be in big trouble for, for real. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the person to say that though. But I do know Andrew Maloney is in Vegas, you know, because Jason Maloney's fighting the monster in a couple of weeks. Right. Another fight that, you know, we, we just completely overlooked because, that's the same night as Tank and, um, and Leo Santa Cruz. So, you know, right back to your point, it's just, you know, way too much boxing. Beat. But, you know, every weekend right. it's, it's right. something to look forward to. So, And I like that, you know, ESPN is just staying steady. It's like I, just, I don't think they've missed a week. I, the only weekend they will miss is next week only because, um, you know, Austin better be able to supposed to fight. But, you know, obviously that, that got messed up through just right. travel issues. So, um, Right. But that's you know, that's the only you know gap that they're gonna have. But again, his own is coming up with the you know the flyweight super flyweight triple header. You know, Chocolatito Gonzalez, Juan Estrada. So every weekend there's just something to look forward to. Definitely. Any news items that you you do want to discuss at all, or something you got down the pipe, or anything uh, anything on your mind at all, sir? Well, I mean, you know, just the only unfortunate part is the, the guys that who, you know, aren't fighting this year. Obviously, you know, Canelo continues to be the, the biggest story of the year for, for all the wrong reasons. Um, I, I don't know how that court case is going to go. I've been doing my best to follow it. You know, I'm not a lawyer. But uh, you, you hope it gets resolved one way or another. Um, it's funny. A couple of people, you know, they texted me as soon as the fight with uh, Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell was confirmed for December 5th. It's like, okay, well, that's it. You know, Canelo is just not going to fight in 2020. That's, yeah, and that's unfortunate because, like, with the sport coming back the way it has, you know, doing its best to come back from the pandemic, it's like you really – we almost – we kind of need a Canelo to, to be, 
you know, in the ring, even if it was against Adam Yields Green, you know, whoever is Valley's fighting, you know, the, the presence of the biggest fighter, you know, in the world, you know, fighting this year, that's, you know, boxing kind of needed that. We're not going to get away, you know, watching Gennady Golovkin fight uh, Tamil Zaremeth. That's, uh, that's just not going to cut the fans. So, um, it, it's just like We've been waiting for that one like that Cruiserweight final, haven't we? Uh, yeah, that way. <laughs> Another fight that was supposed to happen in the spring. And, the, well, the thing that bothers me about that fight, too, is actually speaking of Cruiserweight, you know, Christoph Kovacci and uh, – Lawrence Coley, that fight was attached to that event, and that fight has been on hold through no fault of their own. They've both just been waiting for a date to start. So I don't know if it's going to be part of that event, but, you know, that's like, a, you know, another fight. We're just, you know, waiting for that title to get filled. So, but, yeah, like I said, with Canelo and, um, you know, this whole lawsuit going on, I, I, it's just such a strange situation. Um, it, everything about it is just, you know, everything that you hate about sport, all the deception, you know, just, you right. know, it, it, it's kind of hard to say that, you know, you're taking advantage of a guy who's making $35 million a year, but just the fact that you're trying to hide so much information from him, and it's, it, it's yeah. just so damn frustrating. That's what I wanted to talk to you minorly about. Obviously, it's a lawsuit. Like you said, you're not a lawyer, but there was some reports out there that they now have shown each other agreements. Mm-hmm. But now that we see some of the paperwork from the filing, is that right. true? Has Canelo actually seen all that? Because it seems like now with the filing that if the court makes him do that, whether just straight up or discovery or during arbitration or whatever, where are we at on right. that, Jake? Well, my understanding was, yeah, so whatever meetings took place, I'm not going to sit here and say that I said we're in the meetings. I can't say anything definitively. But from my understanding from all of it is that I'm not sure Canelo saw the entire contract that exists between Golden Boy Zone. But he saw enough of it, one, to understand the deal that they have, and two, to know how to refile his own lawsuit. That he got, you know, whatever came to those meetings, he got, his lawyers got the information they needed to refile that lawsuit. So instead of, you know, just refiling it with the same district court, they, uh, they did it in state court uh, with the, you know, Los Angeles Superior Court. So he has enough information to, you know, in his mind to move forward with what he believes is a wonderful lawsuit. Uh, I'm not sure he's still seen the entire, the, the contract is the entire stuff. Doesn't seem like that. And, and it's just so bizarre. I mean, yeah. I admit, I don't know. It's. I get you know that Golden Boy is a promoter, so his contract should be with Golden Boy. You know, a fighter. You know, you, you can't sign with you know directly with the network. You know, we get that, but. Um, there has to be you know there has to be a way. It's like, right? And and it seemed like at one point if Canelo was open to. Um, you know, taking a reduced purse or whatever, you know, in exchange for, you know, making it up, uh, however the heck they're going to make it up. You know, if that was agreeable to him, then, you know, that that's the silver lining in all this. But, you know, again, the the, the question is going to be how far is it going to be willing to bend in order to move forward. Maybe they just reach an agreement for one fight, and, you know, and then if whatever reason it doesn't work out after that, you know, they revisit this, you know, the lawsuit is still in court. So, you know, <sighs> I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it just fits that he's, you know, especially, and not only that, not only he's the biggest star, but he's, you know, the, the reigning fighter. He's, I think he was everyone's pick to fight. I can't imagine anyone who didn't have him in 2019 fighter right. of the year. You know, so that's, <laughs> the poor guy's waiting for his award. I need time to get in the fight in 2020. So it's like, there's just, yeah, it, it's just been a and 2020 kind of year. And schedule in general, his right. schedule in general had to get delayed. And, you know, they, they, fight season thing they set up to be before or after it too, you know? So Correct. Canelo is yeah. a, a piece that gets moved around in a variety of ways. 
All right, Jake, I appreciate you stopping in, man. We'll definitely get you back on and get this uh, segment going. Um, you have yourself a good weekend, man. You take it easy. All right, thanks a lot for having me on, Chris. It's really been a pleasure. Yes, sir. All right, man. Take it easy. Senior writer Jake Donovan, he just reports the news. He's not going to get into the other stuff. Um, he's just going to he's just gonna report the news, dude. That's what he does. He's straight up, um, and that's what us old heads like about this guy. He's not just going to be on this side or that side or whatever. He's straight up, and Jake does a damn good job though, over there. Give him a follow. Listen to his work or write his <laughs> Write his work, I just said. <laughs> draft his work. Don't draft his work because that would be legal. Uh, but check him out. You probably already have. You probably already know who it is, but just wanted to reiterate that. All right. So, um, real quick, Brandon Lee did get a quick knockout. Um, you know, it was a left hook and like a flurry knockdown in the first round. Uh, Jimmy Williams looked really, really hurt. Second, uh, I think it was – the left second knockdown was like a left and a thudding right. The third, which ended up being a KO, um, was a, a left hook and a super hard, nasty right hand. Um, and then uh, we also had um, uh, Boca, Boca Chica, um, who I actually thought this fight would go a little bit longer here. Hard combinations, a left hook, I think, in an exchange, uh, drop flaz few more good lands uh, before and after the knockdown, actually. Uh, and then, like, three overhand rights. Um, another, like, right-left combo knocked him down. I think it was a left hook. And then a TKO, mostly left hooks after that. Not much there. Um, and Charles Conway, uh, Conway, excuse me, <clears throat> I thought he looked better as the fight went on. I thought John earlier broke down. Uh, Troussant as far as how he wasn't really engaging and I liked how he stayed focused and then end up you know landing those uppercuts and ended up doing his job I thought uh Trunk Simpson Truck Simpson not Trunk uh he puts people in the trunk no I thought he looked okay uh kind of underwhelming didn't look all that good decent defense had a jab going working the body landed some hard shots to the body and head but most of them I thought were to the body I thought he looked better down the stretch um, in that fight, but he won cleanly. He moves to, what, 9-0 and now. Um, Elvin Rodriguez uh, beat Crawl. Um, really not much there. Um, some combos to the head. He was working the body pretty well. Um, early right hands. He was kind of taking his jab, uh, time with the jab and the feint. Um, and I think in the third round, it was right hook to the head. Um, in the early part of the third round, uh, that 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 was that was a wrap. And then that second round, nasty combat. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at 695 
as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. ...with the left-right combo. Uh, dude, Corey was just bleeding that. Elma Monavli or whatever his name is, he looks pretty good too. Uh, but like I said, not much in the way of competitive fights. Um, but I was talking about Nebret Day. I gave him four out of the first five rounds. Uh, the uppercuts, he, he knocked him down with two just solid shots. Left hooks and an uppercut that knocked him down. Um, Via did make a little run. I gave him the third. I gave him the seventh. Um, I think I gave him the tenth, too. Uh, he was combo punching. He has jab going pretty pretty much a lot of the fight. But um, uh, it was competitive in spots. But overall, I had an 8-4, to four, uh, maybe 9-3. to three. Uh, That 115-111, I don't see that. And I especially don't see the tie rounds. 114-112, but 6-6, six, six, I just did not see that. Um, we're definitely going to break down uh, this fight. I'm going to go ahead and bring in 3-1-0 in just a moment. We'll get to some news later in the fight uh, later in the fight later in the show as well um let's bring in 310 mark what's going on man how the hell are you long time no here how is uh, how's everything on what up what up what up what up what up um what's going down good. uh really yeah really really good um it's kind of fucked up, but I'll just be honest i mean when the when the whole thing uh, got announced that was like uh you know because these things uh directly affect my business, but I was happy about it because I knew that my competitors weren't going to be able to handle it. And, uh, yeah, people are bitches. I mean, it's just, you know, I heard, uh, what's his face? Um, even though I like, uh, Lou DiBella, but, you know, he was on, uh, what's his face's podcast. Oh, these small businesses, listen, when shit like this happens, you're gonna find out if 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 uh, you're really if you were really meant to run that business or not. Maybe 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 it's time for you to step out and uh, let 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 the young aggressive internet dude step in, so we can fucking get this shit cracked off. How's how's it been going though, with you? It's been going all right, man. You, it's been going all right. I've been uh, I've been just. Uh, kind of doing my thing you know this nba playoffs at this time it's got me doing a variety of stuff but now that's done so we're kind of like college football is is moving into a better part where the big 10 now is going to be back here soon and things are starting to to turn in the right direction but overall i had a pretty fun summer it went the uh the whole uh, the whole covid uh you know uh all that shit wasn't too bad i mean yeah, I I just suggest that just taking cash only jobs and collecting that unemployment uh, forever, like everyone else, <laughs> everyone that's so fucking happy about keeping this shit going. Why? Because they're getting free fucking money. You kidding me? All right. Well, let's I, let's I get move. back in the ring. Let's <laughs> yeah, get okay. in the ring. Yeah, you keep me on track. I'm excited for calling <laughs> in just because uh, I, I was looking at the fucking odds. Did you guys mention the? Uh, yeah. All right. There's a couple. There's a couple sites on on the KOs. If people don't bet on this fight, they're fucking out of their minds. All right. Listen to this. Loma by decision is minus one ten. All right. But you know what? Tiafimo Lopez is by by decision plus seven fifty, dude. Plus seven fifty. 
you know. By KO, he's uh, plus five fifty. That's uh, that's on eighty eight eight sport dot com. You know what I mean? And there's similar similar numbers on uh, Patty Power. I mean, uh, as a backup option, that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, really, really awesome. Uh, the over under on the fight is uh, ten point five. Uh, you know, minus two hundred for the over, under plus one fifty. So that says a whole lot. That says that. Uh, and obviously, midway through the eleventh, they're expecting a knockout either way, and uh, they're expecting us to, you know, go the whole distance, and it's probably going to be close. And uh, before we actually get into the X's and O's, you know, you got to look at the uh, the stuff that I like to look at, which is the fucking um, the business side, but the shady business side. And when you look at it, uh, for either of them to win in a convincing fashion, I'm talking about for either of these guys to shut the other one out, what is that going to do? We already know that fucking Bob Aaron, he's, he's, he's been ducking Devin Haiti. He's been ducking um, whoever the fuck else. Uh, who else was he that? He, he, he doesn't want to make those other fucking fights elsewhere. Not for a little bit. So that's the reason why I'm gearing more towards and John, I fucking love that guy. I heard, you know, his his segments, it's like, dude, this guy's like in my head. It's weird. Every single thing that, that he says is like exactly what, uh, like it mirrors a lot of the stuff that, that I was thinking about over the over the months, you know, leading up to this fight. Right. Um, yeah, he's good shit. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome caller. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, what was I, I, I mentioned the odds, right? I'm sorry, I fucking. Yeah, and another thing is, yeah. what we, we met, yeah, you mentioned the odds, except for the straight up plus 300 and plus 350 oh, yeah. across Fuck the that. board as an underdog well, no, is no, just no. crazy. It's, uh, it's I'm looking minus at minus 500, minus 500 for uh, Lomachenko. And uh, plus 300, and it's minus 435 on uh, 888 Sport. On Intertots, it's minus 500 for Lomachenko to win outright. And, um, you know, plus 300 the, lowest uh, the other shooting. way. It's plus 258. Otherwise, everything's 300 and above. Plus 350, plus uh, 304, plus 383, 363. Teofimo yeah. <laughs> is a 3-100. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I betting betting on it straight up is, I don't know, it's weird. Um, oh, yeah, that's the reason why I was saying that John uh, mirrors a lot of my thoughts, because he 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 kind of laid it out there in the sense like, okay, like, yeah, we saw we saw Loma get a little bit reckless, you know what I mean, against, um, against Linares. But remember that round before that, he was kind of like, Loma gets in these, like, he gets in these things where he just, he just, like feeling himself he's like the dude like you know like the one break dancer like fucking in the middle of like the crowd like back in the day or just be like you know he's just, he's just feeling himself in the corner like you know like a crowd that groups around him and he just wants to wild right. out he was doing that shit and he starts to do that against people and then they won't allow him to do it and then he'll stop like like he tried to do that on Lenars because he had a great round the round before that. And you noticed he was stepping all over him. He was stepping right into him. I mean, he got caught with like a, like a shot that you would never expect him to get caught by, but he's overconfident. And uh, I don't know why he was doing that because it was all pity pat punches. He does throw pity pat punches and he gets in way too close. He's able to get away with it because of how quick he is, but everyone's got to keep in mind this. 
Take a fucking look at the difference between his footwork, Lomachenko's footwork, in the Jason, Jason Sosa fight as opposed to, let's say, the Luke Campbell fight. Let's say the, the fucking Linares fight when he started to try to do that. Okay, He's not going to be able to pull that shit in this fight, and he knows that. He's going to be extra careful. He's seen that power. He knows what he knows what's going on, and I'll, like he's. I mean, this is a fucking really, really tough, tough, explosive fucking opponent. Kip Bimo, I mean, it's obvious. Him, him, and his father have made it clear that this, this is his moment. He's fucking born for this shit. You know that that's the fucking huge obstacle to overcome. That's not fucking Floyd Mayweather fighting Victor Ortiz. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's different. This kid is fucking. You know what I mean. He's, this is it for him. So yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be careful, and so uh, I would expect it to go the distance. But uh, I agree with John in the sense that I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Loma goes down or you see him get hit by. He's gonna definitely get hit by one or two clean clean shots. I don't know if he's gonna go down. Uh, as far as a knockout goes, it's not right. likely because of how good he is. But yeah, he has so again, much exit strategy un- available, you know. With his feet and his guard, yeah. and he really has to like. Have you, have you, have you really thought about fast. his? Have, have you thought about his unnecessary movement though? He moves too much uh, a lot of times to show off uh, when it's not necessary, uh, and especially it gets him in, in trouble. Range. Yeah, I, especially in range. Fuck. I mean, there's a three-inch yeah, uh, reach yeah. right now. Exactly. And then, you know, when you look at the one bad fight, which, you know, with, with Lopez, I mean, he really didn't look bad for, you know, for, for this, this Japanese dude that was so tall for one. Um, and, uh, you know, Japanese was game as fuck. Um, I haven't seen him in any of the fights, obviously, but um, people just say that because it was a boring fight. They're expecting more from him. But when you look at how bad uh, uh, Loma has looked in terms of like how clean, uh, well, I mean, Loma went down. And he lost against Toledo, but I mean we can't even bring those into the into the picture. But I just um, it's tough to not choose uh, Lopez, but again uh, it, it it has to be close uh, in order to set up a, a rematch. Like you know um, that's that's what it is. Like I would choose uh, you know Lopez or um, I mean how, how could you not throw throw. Uh, Seven, you know, the, the plus 750 for Tiafimo and then back it up with uh, Loma by decision with a minus 110. You know, I mean, it's, right. or, you know, or vice versa. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah. why not? Uh, especially when the over-under is midway through the 11th. Midway through the 11th, dude. So it's like, yeah, I don't think any guy, anyone's taking any backdoor deals here. You know what I mean? So by decision, and it's going to set up a rematch. Uh, or else everyone's going to be fucking begging for uh, those other fights at 135, which Bob doesn't want it to happen. I mean, the smart business action is for them to do right now is to duck Devin Hayden, and they know it. So, <clears throat> all right. But, but this but is a pretty next? good what's duck next? then, right? Fight Teal. You know, fight Tia Female. That's, I don't really call it duck and Haney. Uh, no, 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 Fimo. no. But, but, even, but, but, but even if Tia Female wins, when, when he ducks, Fucking because <laughs> they'll fucking duck him too or whatever, you know. You know they'll wait to fucking. You know, why would they ever do those fights now anyway? You know that's that's fucking. You know these guys are uh, they're so young, uh, youngins. Um, 
But I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, one more thing I wanted to, you know, I've been meaning to call in um, just because uh, I was just really disappointed with just how uh, they just, they haven't, you know, when I saw fucking Dana White and uh, the amount of effort that he put forward to like put his sport back up there for the fans and just to get business back rolling again, really, um, really turned around uh, everything, every negative thing in that, that I've ever said about fucking uh, the UFC and, uh, you know, the way that they treat their fans and they go out there. I mean, it's just that really put a fucking shitty ass fucking taste in my mouth. And to be honest with you, I didn't watch any fights at all until the Charlo fights. And it was like, um, and I was like, shit. And I wanted to go back and watch, and I have watched, you know, a few of them, but, uh, it, I, it's actually better. Um, like I don't hear anyone talking about this, but hearing the punches, the thuds, you know, hitting the dudes, uh, you know, the opponent's yep. bodies, like you, you realize yep. how real this shit is. You know what I mean? It, huh? like, that's that's dope as fuck, and it, it makes it more intense because uh, you know I like that that back and forth shit. Even you know when you when you get the Pavekin, you know, and and Dylan White, you know, with those thudding yep. fucking shots, it's like wow, every shot is fucking do or die. Like it really, really is uh, like a three dimensional chess. But like, you, if if you miss, it's like checkmate. Is you're you're on the floor and you wake up. You know what I mean? Like right, it's. The only time you can get that effect is if you're at a club show with 100 people there or 200 people there and you can right. hear every punch. But other than that, that's usually not the case. Unless it's like the early part of the card of a big card and the crowd hasn't showed up or something like that. But I know what you're saying. Has any, has anybody I, said I like that, that too. Has a, it's dope. Like I haven't heard anyone say that, but it, it was the first thing I noticed. Um, you know, it's just I was like, Tim, man, I like this a hell of a lot better. Especially there's only a few voices in the background, and you could really see him going at it. Uh, you can see a guy if a guy doesn't give a shit even more. Like you know what I mean? There's less. Uh, it, they can't hide. They can't act as well. You know, they can't hide behind the, the fucking crowd, which is good. Um, yeah, that, that's what's been fucking dope about uh, you know what I've been seeing. But I just uh, it sucks because um, you know my. Uh, I, there's there's a lot of direct correlations. Well, I, I, I might were like John made a good point the other week when he said that there are no casual fans left, and it's kind of true because I'm like on that border, on that cusp. You know, I don't pay attention to those uh, the um, you know the the come up fights like like you guys do for you know reasons I explained in the past. Um, yeah. Uh, so so it's like people like me that were kind of willing to watch and and anything else. It's like. What the fuck? I don't have anything to want. Like I'm not paying for Dazar anymore. Like you know, I'm like, okay, I until you give me a reason, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. But your main guy like is getting robbed by his his uh, his promoter, and it's like uh, it's yeah, I'm I don't know why the fuck am I gonna watch that? I'm not even paying for ESPN Plus. I'm sure I'm gonna pick it. Obviously, I'm gonna pick it up whenever I like you know want to. Um, right, right. You know. Uh, that that's you know it kind of is what it is. They uh, they're making a little bit more of the Branchek and whatever fight. Yeah, it was a good fight, but it was real sloppy as fuck in, in in the beginning. But yeah, it was a great fight for uh you know for what it was afterwards. But it's real real sloppy in the beginning. I did not watch the thoroughly the the last uh you know a few rounds besides you know the actual like action parts. But like there was a lot of flip flopping around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. I mean, they're, they're definitely 
<laughs> yeah, like uh, I don't know. I don't know if I because everyone gets in group thinking, so I don't know if like pe- you know people just heard that it was great and then just jumped on it. But um, there is something else. What else did I want to touch on? I feel like I haven't t- I haven't called in so fucking um, in so long. Um, uh, what do you think of good, uh, yeah, Charlo yeah. against Derevchenko? What do you think of uh, Charlo's that w- how he controlled it, most of the fight? <laughs> Dope, dope. I mean, I, uh, I, I said this a while ago. I said, I said, like, you know, I think when he fights him, you know, people know the difference, and not not because of, uh, you know, my, uh, my admiration for him as a fighter or anything like that. But it, it was just uh, more because I, I knew that Derevchenko, he's just a straight up dude, and like, hey, Charlo is a guy like, you know, you got to be like a more like an, an Andre to, you know, have. Uh, an effect on you got to be more slick to you know because then he'll appear to be more slick than you if you're fucking Derechenko. So I knew he was going to go. I was uh, I just, I just love Derechenko, Derechenko though, man. Like in the seventh round, I was sitting there uh, watching it with a buddy in mind, and he's like, um, he's like, who the fuck is you like? This is supposed to be a good fight because you know it looked like Charles dominating, and he's like, who is this guy? And I was like, yeah, who is he? You know, and I was thinking i was like yeah who are you you know and then i was like boom that seventh round came up and i was like yeah that's who the fuck he is and my friend's like oh yeah dude that's yeah i see what you're saying he fucking keeps coming like yeah i thought he was gonna get him out of there great fight um set him apart you know obviously for from these other guys but uh you know they're playing games of fucking 160 man what the fuck um it's bullshit uh you know you have uh i mean there is already uh like uh, I think we had this conversation the last time you called, actually. Yep. We were talking about it. And yeah, I, and, I, and I was talking about how the zone, it seems like when, when Mayweather, like the PBC guys in 2014-15 weren't fighting each other because they're all waiting for a golden ticket. Yeah. And that's what it kind of felt like was going on at 160 just in general, the zone or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and there are already hints that fucking Canelo, like th- that – he didn't understand what he signed off on in the first place. Lou DeBella said that in the beginning. He was like, yeah, he doesn't get the – he has to win all his fights, and also it, it depends on something else. And I was thinking, yeah, they can't guarantee that much money unless there's some kind of stipulation that it's like, okay, but we have – as long as we have this many subscriptions, then you're going to fucking get this money. Like, you know, like – and then when he found out that it wasn't that – you know, because he was already pissed at uh, Oscar, you know, for the, the the Kovalev fight. So I was already yeah. like, I think that was already happening. Like he was like, oh shit, what the fuck? So there's a they secret have, agreement. Like, subscribers. There's a secret agreement that's not a secret anymore. That DeZone and Golden Boy mm-hmm. have paperwork that uh, Canelo's only seen a little bit of, but haven't. He's basically trying to go it's through so discovery to see just how fucked up Golden Boy uh, is on. I mean, if you were, I mean, would anyone ever like? Got, I wouldn't even want to fuck with the zone if I was him. I just want to get the hell away from everybody. But, but, but it's all a lot of money to walk away fight. from. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got, yeah, but yeah. And these these fighters just gotta, you know. I mean, everyone's suffering right now, and I don't think they realize it because they're in their own fucking world and they're all really young. You're gonna get paid. You're gonna get paid substantially less money. You know, don't fight over shit. Just be happy that you're getting paid, period. You know what I mean? Be happy that the sport is even still there. You know, I mean, how, how many friends of ours do we know that, uh, you know, aren't, uh, you know, doing anything right now, you know, um, because they're not uh, as yeah, big sure. as uh, as they should be. 
you know? So awesome, man. So you got Teofimo uh, winning this fight then, sir? Uh, I, or do you guess, think it's going to be uh, slight, Slightly, but it's um, – my my prediction is that uh, the, whatever the outcome is, it should uh, garner some sort of uh, uh, second part, rematch, something uh, to prolong uh, this ducking game that they're playing. Um, yeah, man, uh, for sure. But I, you know, I'll, I'll be. Uh, I, I have been uh, keeping up to date. I have been paying attention. Um, you know, in the background. Um, yeah, but plus seven. You'll, you'll be stopping on, in here uh, next on couple, of, couple of times the next couple of months. Yeah, 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 yeah. And before anyone fucking says it, Dylan White's gonna get knocked out again. I don't give a shit how how fucked up. I mean, I'll go into it before that, that fight. You know, I'll call him before that. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Fight, but just, you know, this way, no, no, he's going to get knocked out again. So I said, I said fucking first. All right? Fucking Teddy Atlas. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> all right. So, I mean, that, and uh, it's uh, a lot of the, the smaller boxes, it sucks. Cause my brother's been a stand-up comedian in L.A., um, for uh, ten years now, like he's he's one of the you know the regulars at the comedy store, but he's he's not a big attract. He doesn't do tours. He's not, sure. not like fucking Joe Rogan, any of these guys. So people like that, right. And boxers and the sport in general, they're just gone. Yeah, nowhere. It's really it's done. Yeah. So it's really tough. So yeah. <laughs> that's why these boxers they got to fucking like people like Terrence. It's like, dude, fucking be happy. Whatever the fuck they offer you, take it, man. Because it, 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 this isn't a fucking temporary thing. This is it. Like, this is it. So. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, man. But I do appreciate the time, um, and uh, I, I'm going to be stopping in uh, as much as possible. Just want they fucking got to give us something, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm tempted to fucking turn on UFC just to get my motive from I, that. I hear you. I hear you, and that's you know? a fair assessment. Um, yeah. I, well, I'll, I'll start texting you the times for the shows. Too. Yeah, man, please. Hey, maybe after this yeah, fight, it was, it was, next man. week would probably be a good time to check back in, you know? Yeah, yeah. You've been like, you've like almost strategically, um, doing random ass times. I'm like, oh, maybe he, just, he, he wants to have a fucking quick show. I get it. I'd be doing the same shit. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Especially I'm in the summer, dude. 130. It was just fucking week on a Monday. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had been throwing some people off that like to call in and just listen. I'm like, sorry, guys, but this is the spot that just works, you know? Hey, that, but the NBA yeah, finals are on, you know what I mean? So it's like, fuck, no one wants to watch it and listen to it live at 8 o'clock when the finals are on, you know? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's not. Like, <laughs> doesn't give you fucking that, text totally. alerts, man. It, it, it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's literally no way. There's no fucking way you can find out. I get what he's doing. But, um, yeah, man, uh, it's, uh, it, 
it <laughs> it has been cool though. It's uh, and and it's it's nice to uh, at least uh, talk to you for a little bit and fucking get on a normal track. Um, just, just even seeing a couple minutes of the first couple of fights, I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot how fucking yeah, exactly. much I love this shit. Like you know what I mean? It made me want to do oh. everything again instead of just sitting around. So um, give us something, you know. But all right, dude, appreciate it. All right, buddy. Have yourself a good yeah, weekend. Enjoy the fight, man. Yes, sir. You too, I'll yes. text you too for that that yeah, brunch. Yeah, uh, brunch. All right, later. <laughs> later. That's funny. It's so true too. I've I've gotten some text messages like, Don, are you gonna like? Are you ever gonna do a show at the normal time again? Or you know, it's so funny. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. Oh, you know what? I actually sent the wrong text message. Uh, would I accidentally sent you the wrong text message? Um, you are next though. I gotta bring in Carcino into the fold. I just realized that. Oh my god, I got way too many texts. I apologize. I, I've been slacking on that. I'll get to the. Uh, I'll return your your stuff here and, and whatnot. Um, all right, let's bring in Carcino into the fold. Carcino for life. Uh, what's going on, man? We got ourselves a big fight coming up this weekend, brother. Hello? Yo, we can hear Hello? you. What's going on, man? I can What's hear you. Can you hear me? Hey, yeah. hey. What's good? What's going on, man? We got ourselves a big-ass fight this weekend, man. Lopez Loma. Um, a lot of people are calling it a 50-50, except for the Las Vegas betting odds. They got Teofimo at a plus 300, plus 350. Where do you stand on this one? Ooh. Uh, I would take uh, – I'm going to take Lomo in the late rounds. I'm thinking as the longer the fight goes, the worse it's going to be for Teofimo. Uh, Teofimo seems to gas out a little bit. Um, if he doesn't get you out of there within three to four rounds, so I think that stylistically his athleticism is going to keep him in the fight. But Lomo has seen that. And his boxing ability to me is going to keep him. He's not going to take the type of risk that a lot of these other fighters are. He's very, you know, mechanical. And what he does is starts hitting angles and turning. And he's not going to punch until he's in the right angle. Theo uh, Fimo, his leverage is off. Therefore, he's not going to be on – he's not going to be on point pretty much. Um, you know, like uh, his footwork needs work. You know, he fights more like a basketball player or athletic gymnast in the boxing ring sometimes, and they depend on the athleticism than their boxing ability. Now, since we're worldwide on the radio, on the radio, I want to tell everybody to come to Baroni. Right here in Seville, and this is the owner. There we go. Hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're just talking some boxing. What are you up to? We're playing bingo over here. Yeah. Okay. We're playing bingo and you're raffling away a, a bears, lot of Bears jerseys bulls, and bears. Bulls jerseys signed, autographed. <laughs> nice. Yep. Nice. So, yeah, so you like Lomachenko in the fight, Dinsino? 
Uh, Lomacheco, I am taking Lomacheco in a 10-round TKO. I think wow. he's going to stop Ooh. him in 10 rounds. I think, I don't know, y'all going to have a fight here? Probably, yeah. All right. Good, yeah. Right here in Carpet is the little no. But Roni. As long as they got ESPN on the screen, they can have the they can have the show right there. They don't got to pay we'll for it. order it. Whoever it takes, we'll order it. See, they'll order it. They'll have the fight here, and they'll be ready to roll. So I've been working on getting the fight here, so you just help me out, Chris. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> that way I don't have to leave the bar to go watch the fight. We had a fight right here. There you be. Hey, can you yeah. set aside a bingo card with a stamper for me and just work one for me while this, this shit's going on? Is that possible? I wish I would. I mean, the bingo, man, the money is here. It's crazy. This is a $2,000 pot. <laughs> Damn. I that's like, not I the old-timers retirement stuff. That's that's some real money for bingo. Okay. Exactly. Shit. I like the last, the last game. Like, first is food and drinks and all that bingo, and then the last game is, like, for two grand. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. But you got to fill up the whole bingo card. So you got to – all the numbers have right, to be Right, right. Oh, yeah, I suppose it. they're the big ass. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Cause is I remember, it, like, 30-minute bingo game shit? <laughs> Is it like yeah. a 30-minute bingo game? Oh, yeah. This thing goes Gotta off of – it's a series of games. <laughs> Damn. Really? They go down well, I'll let you get back to time. it. I'll let you get back oh, to yeah, it. I appreciate you checking in, though, be there. Wait, wait, wait. I ain't done yet. Okay, uh, okay. So, hey, I didn't want to block. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to block oh, anything. Man. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> no, we're all good. But I also wanted to speak on the Mike Tyson fight. The Tyson fight, they put out the poster and everything else. Bobby Jack is fighting on that card as well. So you got Bobby Jack doing a return fight on that card. And I got to send that to you. Yeah, so Bobby Jack and someone else is fighting on that card. And they're trying to make those two like the main main event. That's happening. Sure. And then John Simpson, uh, you probably heard about it, that we had him yep. on hit rope with no radio before. You know, he he got hit behind the head with a rabbit punch, and he ended up having a brain tumor, like a, a bleeding on the brain. And he had to go to the hospital immediately. And now oh, he's wow. going to be out. Oh, wow, I did not hear that part. Yeah, and he was down Dang. there in Vegas. At the Mayweather gym, and then uh, he wasn't, he was sparring. And this happened in sparring. So, huh. you know, he just wasn't right. And, you know, and the doctor said that might not have been the blow, it could be accumulation, but he had bleeding on the brain. And the fact is, he's going to be out of boxing probably eight months to a year before he could even think about boxing. And possibly, you know, the career could be over. You know, so that's also, that's sad, you know. That's really sad. Yeah. So, if he's listening, you know, I, you know, I thought he had COVID. I saw the live stream, but I couldn't really, you know, I heard him. He was in the hospital bed from the live stream. I thought he had COVID. Somebody was saying it in the chat room, like, oh, he's got COVID. And I'm like, no, he don't have COVID. I don't think somebody else told me it. Like, I never, and I know his father, and I'm like, none of them told me anything. 
So I didn't know anything about it. So I found out, like, Damn. I think uh, the guy who used to represent him, his ex-manager called me and told me, and said, hey, you know, uh, such and such, you know, he got hit behind the head, it was a rabbit punch, you know, and he just wasn't reacting the same. So they took him to the doctor, they called the ambulance, and he found out he had bleeding on the brain. And, you know, he's looking at about a year out of boxing. It's not, you know, he can't box anymore, period. So that just lets you know how dangerous the sport is. Yeah, that's for sure, man. Wow. That's pretty scary. Hopefully he heals up just in general, boxing aside, just so he can have a normal, you know, life. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's rough. That's rough. I hadn't heard yeah. that. Jeez. Yeah. So that's that's the news right now. Uh, Floyd Mayweather's working on his fight. And now that we have the opponent that everybody heard about, Floyd is still, like, in denial that that is the opponent. <laughs> but... But uh, it's looking like more, more and more likely that his Logan Paul or Paul Logan, whatever, is going to be his opponent. Yeah, it's going to happen like a New Year's Eve type of fight. Is that so happening here, or is that happening in a different country? I don't know. The, they're still like bidding, having a bidding war on where the location is going to be for the fight. Yeah. But that's why Floyd has been training so hard, like, these the last couple of months, because, like, Paul Logan or whatever, he's, like, a bigger guy than Floyd. <laughs> like, about, like, yeah, he's really bigger. Yeah, he's a lot bigger. So, even though he's not a, a real professional boxer, he's listed as a professional fighter now. So, he's still trying to see if this is going to be an exhibition. Is it going to be eight rounds? Is it going to be five rounds? How long is it going to be? Because this is like a heavyweight versus Floyd. You know, what's going to happen? As long as there's enough here? zeros is probably what Floyd worries about. Just, just worry, worry about the oh, zeros. Gosh. Right. And this is just supposed to be doing like a series with these uh, Europeans. They are putting together like a European tour where Floyd's going to go from here. He's going to fight the guy, that guy in like Czechoslovakia it's somewhere. It's like the old uh, Sugar Ray Robinson days. Yeah, where he just yeah, kept going to different uh, countries. I just hope he yeah, doesn't run, it, run into a Turpin. You know what I mean? No, Randy <laughs> Turpin. I hope he's not just waiting for him. <laughs> right. You know, and the thing is that he's supposed to be doing like Turpin right now would whoop his ass. <laughs> yeah, and he's in three of these a year. He's getting a cut of the pay per view. He's gonna be making about twenty, thirty million off these things just for just for exhibition. Because uh, the pay-per-view number is going to be through the roof, uh, basically, over there. And plus, they can play Euro money. So, right. he's going to make out like a bandit. So, he doesn't really have to put in a real work. He's like, this ain't even a real fight. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, because he hasn't really get shape. hard with the boxing training yet. He's done very little sparring. But he's, uh, he's just been uh, in shape, like, body-wise. Yeah, and getting used to hitting the body bag again, you know, get that muscle man running. back. Yeah. I've seen him but running with Floyd, Tank. Tank looks at all. in great shape, dude. Floyd's got that whip on him, dude. 
Tank looks good right now. I was like, whoa, Tank. Okay. But can he do this every fight? We'll see about that. Yeah. Get up. But, man, he, he that that I saw that press conference the other day. I was like, wow, dude, Tank looks good for this, this early on. I mean, shit, the fight's not for a couple yeah. of weeks. He, he looks, we'll see, though. You know, that's the thing with Tank. You just never know if he can carry it for the rest of his career. You know I mean? <laughs> exactly. I was just about to say that with Tank, you never know. His whole thing is the battle against the scale. And he's about yes. 500 versus the scale. Yeah. <laughs> he is not under the like, scale. Just put me in the ring. I, I don't care about the opponent. I got that locked, but the damn scale is mine. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You can't go into a fight like this with Leo Santa Cruz and you don't make right. weight. Leo can beat you. And that's the thing. He's not somebody that's not active. He's not like somebody who's very skinny. Right, yeah, he can stay there, got the jab. Yeah, Yeah. he's going to jab. He's going to be in your face all night. And he's going to work. So you're going to have to be so able to work. This is he's like a trilogy now with fight. the scale. He's on his third or fourth okay. fight now with the scale. So this is like the trilogy yeah, with the he's scale. He's a guy that can't take a punch. He's a guy that took some big <laughs> shots before Leo has. So, I mean, he stands right in there and he goes for the show. So, somebody like like uh, Tank, who has to throw one big shot and rest, you know, this is not going to be that kind of fight. You can't do that, being weight drained, getting into a fight like this. Yeah, this no, is a high-activity fight. So you're going to have your opportunity, Tank, to land some big shots, but Leo's going to be working you. He's going to be working you. And as the rounds go by, it gets the meter drops on tank. That tank gets empty and empty and empty. So it depends on which tank shows up. If he's a tank that's been doing everything to get in shape and doing it the right way, then things will work out. But I, I don't I don't see that. I, I can't see him beating Leo Clinton. I really can't. I can't see him beating Leo. Leo is too active of a fighter for a tank, and he's got a chance. So, I mean, he could knock out a guy who tore his ACL in the first round. He couldn't even get rid of that guy. <laughs> you couldn't get rid of uh, Gamboa, who ain't really been anything in, like, 10 years. You couldn't get that guy out of there. He does like and, sleep on the canvas too. Like he's on the canvas. How many times in his uh in his career? I mean, probably like eighteen oh, or something God. like that. He's been on the like canvas. Like fifteen, probably twenty. He Even the fights he won. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think he, uh, he's dropping stars. This is why Mayweather didn't sign him. He was going to sign with Floyd Mayweather, and he was in the Mayweather right. gym getting dropped. And I'm like, oh my God, he's getting dropped in stars. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And Floyd's like, I can't sign this guy. And I was like, yeah, you can. <laughs> He's like, I can't sign him. He's like, he can hit. But if he get hit, he go down too quick. He make too many mistakes. He drop his hands. Floyd's like, I can't sign this guy. <laughs> He's like, I'll put my fighters in the ring against him. Right. So, Any but, other uh, items you want to get you, sir? You said what? Any other... Uh... Any other items 
uh, news or whatever? Anything uh, that you want to uh, uh, discuss Tyson at Fury all? And Tyson Fury and uh, Deontay Wilder news. Uh, Tyson Fury is not – I don't think they're going to do the fight. There's something going on with Fox and all this other involvement. If they're trying all these – these angles. I think they're trying to get Deontay Wilder out of the fight, to be honest. That's what I believe. Well, the, the they, networks they both to. said, both ESPN and Fox said that they can't do it on December 19th. They can only do it in January and February. Because uh, mm-hmm. now that the Big Ten is back and the Pac-12 is back, there's like five conference finals on that day and two NFL games now on that game. So they said, we're not doing it on that date. And the contract extended or didn't extend. The uh, the rematch clause contract is now expired. And so Tyson Fury could move on or not move on if he wanted to. But he has chose to take a fight in December and then go for AJ next year. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing because the thing is this. Fury, I mean, this is the best thing for Wilder. This is the best news ever for him. Because it really could be. Again, he wasn't going to be Fury. He wasn't going to be Fury at all. Fury knows how to beat you. That it, It's done. He knows, okay, I felt the power the first time. I'm not going to get caught again. I know how to box you now. I don't have to be moving away and doing all that. I can just come right at you. You fight off the back foot. And you can't fight off the back foot. You're done. That's it. Fight yeah, over. stylistically, no matter how it went, it was going to be the toughest matchup in the in, in heavyweight for Wilder. So I, I kind of agree with you on that, that it, it's yeah, a way for him to build back now instead him. of taking another loss. Right. He can now knock out some other guys and so he can get people back on and stand the bombers back. You know, he needs that fight. He needs that confidence, does it? Because believe me, in the back sure. of his mind, he he know he got his ass whooped, and when you know that in your back of your mind, you know no matter what these YouTubers right. do and make videos and you know he got robbed. The fighter knows, so the fighter knows right. like this. Sure. I kind of got my ass whooped. <laughs> so, I didn't feel that great. Yeah, you know. This episode is sponsored by Schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. So, yeah, he could try to put the, any spin on it he wants, but the people know. Like, the people saw it, everybody know, and they know he got whooped. So, <laughs> so the next fight, he's going to have to take an easier fight. So, something to build that confidence right back up. So, he, this is the best thing that ever happened to him. 
you need to just walk away from that. Let that Tyson Fury Joshua fight happen, and then he should sit back and fight the winner. Yeah, I mean he can so fight the winner of Dillian White Pavekin or whoever. You know, there we go. Yeah, rematch. He can fight that one because, yeah. because the thing is, is that they he figured you out. You won the, you got to draw the first fight. He was boxing you, but he was staying away. He made the fight harder than what he really had to be. He didn't realize it the second fight. After he fought you the first fight, he realized, okay. And I was saying it after the first fight in my post-fight breakdown. I was like, he fought him, but I think he figured it out now. <laughs> like, he really right. knows. He could, if he applied pressure, he was like, man, I know I could have got him out of there if I could just put the pressure in. But he was so cautious of the power right. of Wilder. And then he ended up getting caught by staying on the outside. If you come towards him, you make Wilder have to fight off his back foot. And that's some, that takes away from his power. His power comes from his extension because he doesn't have any legs to turn on the power. It's coming from all up top. So you have to just keep pushing him back and being the big guy, putting your weight on him, being the big guy. And that's what got him, and he knows it now. So now he saw all these things working, putting uh, sugar in his corner and everything else. He told him, like, look, you see it's working, right? You know, it's working. He knows what's going on. Like the jab, everything, power jab. He was, man, right. he was putting everything on those jabs. He was stepping into the jabs. He was, he was moving wilder back with those jabs. He's putting all that 300-something pounds on that jab. I'm like, bang. I'm and like, that oh, clothesline left hook, too. That clothesline yeah. left hook was really nice, dude. It was finding the home. Yeah. That's for sure. He was giving him a boxing lesson. At the heavyweight level that Klitschko got, read a lot of these guys got, and I won money off the Klitschko fight. Fury was always the guy I took because he could fight from softball and he could fight from conventional. A lot of people don't know that. Tyson Fury can fight from both sides, and he can he's slick. And I was like, he's very slick and crafty, and they never fought a guy like him. And I knew the Klitschkos was too flat-footed to fight him. I said, he will give them fits. His style will give Klitschko fits for days. And for Wilder, it's even worse because he's a guy that needs a guy to be still in order for him to punch him. And if you smother his punches, he's in trouble. And that was it. And after a couple of rounds, I think it was seven rounds, I said, oh, no, this ain't going to last. Wilder Once it hit the third it, round and it punches, looked like once it was the third round, yeah. you could just tell it was a wrap, you know. It was over in two. <laughs> it was over in two. I said, in two rounds, this is over. I mean, Wilder has a lot of hard in keeping him up, but it was, it was the fight wasn't going to change. So them stopping the fight and all that controversy, it didn't need to be. He did the right thing. Breon yeah. did the right thing because the yeah. fight wasn't going to change. It just saved you an accumulation of more punishment. You're bleeding from your ear. There's no need for the fight to continue. Fight him in the rematch. You know? So that's how you deal with that. So you don't look like a chump. You took the exercise claw. So you you don't back yeah, out. Yeah. You don't look bad. It was his you decision to leave. That. So it's still, you're right, it still makes him look okay because Tyson Fury is the one moving on. So, yeah, this can right. be a blessing in disguise, man. I'm with you there. Yeah. It's a blessing in disguise for him. So, for Wilder, this is a win for you. Definitely hold your head up high and fight the winner. 
But yeah, definitely that's that. So yeah, that's all the info I got now. So Badu Jack, I'm gonna send you the card. I'm gonna text it to you so that you can have it right, yeah. on the show when I get off. So you can announce the whole Perfect. card to everybody. Perfect, man. But a Tyson well, you have yourself a good night, night man. Away. All right, I will. I appreciate you coming in and have fun at bingo, dude. Win some dolo. All right. All right, I'll take care. What's up, bro? Hey, All right, man. Take it easy. Oh, oh, there it go. We got a little staticky there. All right. So, um, hold on. Maybe he's still on. I'm going to take Lomachenko due to his skills and the way he is, man. Lopez has no chance over Lomachenko. Oh, no chance, so zero chance. Lomachenko. What round? What round do you think? I, I give it eighth round. Lopez goes down. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. You got everybody right. in here. Just take the logo. Nice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, buddy. You take it easy. All right. Here we go. Okay, man. Y'all take care. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for stopping by, man. I appreciate it. All right. I'm going to send you that uh, that program so you can have all the fights for the Tyson Roy Jones. Perfect. Thank you. And you have yourself all a right. good weekend, too. Enjoy the fight, man. All right. You too, bro. All right. Peace. Nice. So we got an extra in there. So it started out kind of Tia Fimo. Now it's going the other way. Oh, what? Oh, I thought, oh, man, I paged down too much. Wood dropped off. Dang, I was just about to go to him. That's okay. I actually haven't given my pick yet, so we'll go over that a little bit and go over some news, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, you know, we all know Loma even more than, obviously, we know Tiafimo. We know the footwork. We know the angles. We know the IQ. We know the hand speed. We know the work rate. Um, he's definitely, yeah, he's not as powerful at 26 and 30 as he is at 30, or he's not as powerful at 35 as he is uh, 26, 30 as well. Um, but, you know, I think the punch resistance could, uh, it does seem like he's, uh, I'm not saying like hurt, hurt, hurt or anything like that, but Campbell, Pedraza, Linares put him down. He's been woken up a little bit at 135 where you're like, whoa, and his shots have pop. They have that sting. They're still brisk. Most of it's the timing, but they don't have that knockout power. This is definitely not his best weight class. I think that's pretty clear. Um, The combo punching and the work rate, though, is tough to beat him on the cards based off that. We know Loma can score points to win rounds. Can Tiafimo score points to win rounds? Because that's what he's going to have to do. He, he, I'm not saying that he needs to all of a sudden throw 80 punches around because now you're out of what you do. He is a natural counterpuncher. He's also more of a natural lightweight, right? Um, he's explosive. He's got quick hands, too. He's a really good counterpuncher, and his reaction time is phenomenal. Um, sometimes to a fault, though, he will do the counter punching where you're like, dude, don't, don't wait too long. Um, the leaping left hooks or the right hand counter or lead overhand straight. I mean, this guy, when he throws a punch, 
it lands hard, and he's been knocking people out that don't normally get knocked out. Um, he's got good defense um, for the most part. Uh, he drops levels pretty well. He's got that low left hand, but nowadays who doesn't? Uh, he keeps the right hand higher, like most people, um, especially when he's closer. Sometimes it is, I notice, a little too low, the right hand. Not to sit there and say you got to be on the phone the whole time, but, you know, uh, like I said, he's a natural lightweight. 140 is probably next year soon. He's even said that. Um, Linares was able to offensively get off a lot of punches. And if you look at, I'm not just like the copy box doesn't tell the whole story. We know that. But when you look at how many punches Linares landed, it was pretty interesting. Um, it was right around the same amount, which is, like I said, it, it, he showed some defensive flaws. He got dropped in the fight. Now he did TKO him in the end and end up winning the fight, so let's not go overboard. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, 207, Lenares landed 207 punches to 213. They both threw a lot, 739 to 627. Um, the jab was key for both, but especially um, the the accuracy of the jab. They actually both threw about the same 380 and 390, but uh, Lomachenko was the land in 112 to 68. I don't, like I said, I'm not trying to bring up this stuff because he's going to win on CompuBox, but there is something to scoring points and winning, and especially if you have Loma coming in there who can defend and block shots, you know, with his, with his guard and his, and his gloves, but he also has that really quick upper body movement, the, the angles on defense and offense. Now, like 310 and John and other people I've seen on Twitter say, I don't think Loma, I think Loma's going to be a little, I'm not going to say hesitant because he has an active, busy style, but I don't think there's going to be as many long stretches in front of people. Um, as we see in the past. Um, but I look at that Linares fight, and I'm just like, man. But here's the thing, though. It's not, it's not the same because Linares is one of the most talented offensive fighters out there. It just he ends up, his defense is suspect. He ends up getting cut. He ends up getting TKO'd. He ends up, what, two or three times? I think three times now he's been caught early in a fight and knocked out. So, He's a guy that is very misleading, but as an offensive just skill fighter, just raw skills, the guy can put his punches together. He's smooth with his footwork. So it is different. It is different. And I'll say the Nakatomi fight, now that guy had about three inches of reach on Tiafima. But I noticed he got caught in exchanges a fair amount of time. The jab was landing um, a fair amount of time, right? And especially, I noticed, it was, and it was active. He was throwing doubles, triple jabs. And when Lopez actually did come in to try to close the gap, which he won't need to do that in this fight because he'll have the reach advantage, but he was getting caught with those too. Now, obviously, Tiafimo clearly won the fight. He started to, uh, I thought, did do a good jab, uh, body, <laughs> good job is what I meant to say, jabbing to the body. Um, and, and then he started coming over those jabs. 
with some great right hands started kind of hurting. You know what I mean? Um, but the, the amount of success on a minor attack mode throughout the fight is kind of worrisome um, because Nakatani's not, you know, Lomachenko. So I look at that fight, and you can't get lost in that fight, but the fight was kind of a chess match with the guy coming in and out more than you are, and that's what we're going to see with Loma. So Nakatani, I think it's a good fight to look at, but the reach is all thrown off, though. You know what I mean? Um, whereas, you know, Loma being the aggressor more than likely, I think that favors Tiafimo in his style. He doesn't. I'm not asking Tiafimo, like I said, to throw 100 punches. But I think just the jab to the body, keeping your head out of range, keeping your head, you know, out of just being dead on with them. Because sometimes the jab just lands too easy. But also the counter punching to a fault. Don't get caught up in trying to land that big shot. And I think that might happen. Um, I do think we're going to have a scorecard. If it goes to the cards, that's going to be split or majority or something like that. They're going to be tight. I am going to put money on the win at 350. Well, I've already put some money on 350 plus 350 for, for Lopez. Um, but you got to back it up, much like Mark said. Um, in the knockout, I mean, more than likely the win will be a knockout, right, or a TKO. I, don't, I just don't, I don't know if you can, I'm not saying you can't, Everyone can be knocked out. But can you catch Loma with that just perfect shot where he doesn't have an exit strategy? We have seen him uh, grab and hold and clinch when, when it's close now a little bit more. And even in that last part of the Salido fight, you actually saw improvement in making adjustments to where I was after that fight. I thought he lost the fight, but I thought, hey, that's pretty freaking good, dude. He, he actually looked good down the stretch of that fight. Um, to me, it is close to a 50, 50. Um, this one's tough. Here's the thing. I do think Tia Fima, when I say scoring points, he has the ability to pot shot and move. And maybe it's a, a, a one, two or a quick two punch combo is what I mean. Not necessarily the one, two, right? The left, right hand. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like the scoring points and moving like Loma. It does. You know what I mean? I, like I said, though, there was moments, and I think I talked about with this with John, and maybe it's because it's just a different, you know, he wasn't looking for footwork out of this guy. But there was times where Nakatani actually used an angle on him, and it left Teofimo, I'm not going to say squared up, because he wasn't like in his, in his stance, but it, he kind of looked minorly slow-footed. Now, maybe he was looking for that just one punch, and that's what it kind of – I watched that fight again lately, and, and that's what it did kind of feel like. So maybe he's over that. Long story short, um, I'm putting money on uh, Tia Fimo for the knockout um, more than likely as well because it's just a good way to back it up. But as a prediction goes, this really kind of reminds me of fantasy boxing prediction where you're trying to make a move to earn extra points to move up, right? And so my mind says, pick Lopez by knockout, TKO, like TKO. But I just, I think Loma has an exit strategy. I think his defense, 
Of course, with that one punch, your body's just stiff. There's not much you can do about it. He's not going to be able to – not too many people can survive that, right? But as far as getting tagged and then be able to survive if he has to or be on the move and, okay, that's not working. He is catching me with that counter over my – that counter right over my jab or whatever it may be. Um, and the adjustments Momo can make, whether, whether it's staying away from the guy or, you know, using an angle that is getting something on Tiafimo. I'm picking Lomachenko by split decision. But like I said, I'm putting money on Lopez. I really get That's not to say that I don't have a bet with Loma, but to me, the payout for Loma, because Lopez is such a, a plus 350, it, it really is not, it's not that great of a payout. Whereas if they were both, you know, minus one, 20 or 160 and then plus one you know they'd be both in the hundreds well you can make more money in that sense on the favorite i'm speaking of course so i'm kind of lingering with what i'm going to do money wise i have a personal bet but i'm backing it up teofimo i really am i think you have to i think it's silly not to if he stays within his game and he's not looking for that big counter he naturally Let's it come and also, you know, the jab to the stomach, doing other stuff to stay active and keep a round competitive, then land the big right hand or the left hook. Then then you can look at it from a judge and go, well, that was a close round and he landed the best punch. That's what Teofimo is going to have to do to win this fight. He's got to make sure the judges see it because Loma's so flash. And like, like 310, Mark said, you know, sometimes he's a little too flashy. Now that works for winning the round, but in the end, if he lingers too much, this is not his weight class, both punching power and taking punches. Like I said, it's clear as day he's gotten buzzed um, by guys who probably shouldn't buzz him if he's this ultra-elite guy. Now we've seen, I mean, Mayweather got buzzed by some guys that aren't on his level and then he beats them out or whatever. I'm not trying to judge Loma for that. We see that all the time. It happens. But um, I'm going with Lomachenko. I do agree with that rematch stuff. I think we can see that. And hopefully we see a pop in the rating in the peak number two. I think we will, of course. But hopefully that, that, that game – Alabama, Georgia, SEC, number two against number three on CBS. It starts at seven. College game can go like three hours, 20, three hours, 30 minutes, just straight up. So hopefully that thing doesn't go late um, or it's super tight all the way to the end regardless. Um, it'd be just nice if it was a good-ass game, it's done, and then there's a handful of minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and then they go right to the main event. And maybe, like I said, the sports fan who was out Saturday night or watching something else, maybe that game, maybe they go to Sports Center on ESPN to find out, okay, well, what happened in the world of sports today, that type of thing. So anyway, long story short, I am picking um, I am picking Loma by a hair. But I, the controversy thing, I, I do kind of feel like it will be some. Huh, okay. Um I talked about this with Jake Donovan, and I had a hunch, and it just didn't seem right. Andy Ruiz said he's now going to 
push back his his ring return to 2021. And some of these quotes, that's why I had to bring it up. Um, I'm going to be fighting very soon. We're going to train hard, and I'm going to fight next year. I'm going to be focused on what I should do. We still don't know the opponent. They tell me there are some opponents. Well, of course there are some opponents. It's such a funny tweet or, or um, quote. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. I'm going to – here's the one that's troubling. I'm going to start with Canelo, training Canelo – or not training him, but starting today in camp. I'm going to be posting some stuff. It's going to get good. I'm excited. I've trained a bit, all these pictures that he, you know, released or quick little videos. I mean, I've trained a little bit since uh, mid-March. It's October now, mid-October. I've trained a little bit. Um, he's talking about posting shit. Uh, but now I'm really starting to date with Eddie, Eddie Reynoso, and everyone. I can't wait. I can't wait any longer. But it's going to be fun, dude. Ryan Garcia's there. Oscar Valdez, a guy who just fought Luis Neri. Notice how – Andy, notice how he just fought and he's back in camp. What kept you from being in a partial camp, dude? I was really looking forward to the stay busy, just brawl with him and Ariola as a Fox main event that would peak at a good number, Luis Ortiz on the undercard against Alexander. And then that was the plan. And then have Ortiz and Ruiz fight on Fox or maybe on a co-feature to a pay-per-view or something. And that was so great. And now you look and you're like, that's not going to (laughs) happen. It's just not going to happen. It just makes you scratch your head. You're like, dude, Come on, man! You were you were you were scheduled November seventh for a fight, dude. That was going to be a July or August fight anyway. I mean, I can understand back in March and August, not or I'm sorry, March and April, not being able to have full camps and 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 getting great sparring partners and everything like that. But June, July, August, September, like, come on, dude, that just sucks. Because now the main event sucks. The card. Like, actually, some of the co-features might be good, but the main event sucks now, and it's because of Andy Ruiz. Anyway, I'm going to um, – real quick with the DAZN, they actually DAZN, Canelo re-upped that, that uh, lawsuit. We talked a little bit about it with John a couple of weeks ago. We just talked about it with Jake, um, not from State Farm, from Boxing Scene. That was a dumb joke. Uh, but they want to try to – it sounds like they're trying to get it back. They're trying to move back into federal court. And they may be trying to get this thing to the UK. <laughs> some of that, some of that, uh, that, the language, the verbiage, um, some of it's like 
So are you a UK company because you have offices? It, it's kind of all over the place, but I think that was the whole point of the suit. Uh, well, not the whole point of the suit, but, you know, to, to, to be like, all right, we can get it back at the federal, but I'm going to need a discovery process here at some point because I got to know the disowned Golden Boy agreement and not just to crack it open a little bit, which Jake kind of made it sound like they did um, all the way. We got to know what the hell you promised him or them and what you promised me. Um, so, yeah, it does seem like they're trying to move it back into federal court yada 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 there is some um like i said this this wording of how it looked uh was a little funky it was like we're willing to you know show you what's going on in this but it's only if you ask us in court and basically not ask us if you make us do it then we'll then we'll do it i mean that's that's basically i can't find the wording but that that's basically what what it was saying it was like Hey, we'll we'll let you see anything you want. That's called discovery, right? But but only if you ask for it. You know, it's like, well, once again, why would you even do business with them then if this is gonna if I can't see a fucking my my contract or in a contract that has something to do with me, it's just funky. But anyway, um Jamel Herring and Carl Frampton is on for the WBO. Obviously, uh Herring has the WBO. The problem was Shakur Stevenson was called as the Mando, so it looks like they got square. They got it squared away because this is the fight that a lot of people thought was going to happen. It just got delayed, but the delay helped Shakur get up to 130, have a fight, and then be the number one guy and get called. So the winner of the fight, if they want to keep the WBO, they're going to have to face. Shakur Stevenson, and that's not like other stuff. You know, we're talking about uh, Carl Frampton and Herring have ties, uh, direct ties, top rank, right, uh, with, with, with Jamel of late. But just in general, this fight is going to happen. The, the Frampton-Herring, and the winner has to fight Stevenson. So that's pretty dope. I think that, that that's good for two vets that they get to make a nice big money fight, and then they got to go against Shakur Stevenson, which that probably um, a couple more items just to kind of clean up what Carcino was talking about, um, because the WBC actually hasn't been, um, notified about any of this stuff. Um, but Fury, we talked about it last week, how they got to move off that December 9th date. I heard that the contract that got extended because of, they couldn't do it in July. The first date was like October, right? And then Obviously, December 19th, it's been that way for a while, but it sounds like now that we're in October, that that agreement to fight December 19th is over. The, the rematch clause that Team Wilder did exercise, that clause is over now. Um, and it would be up to Tyson Fury to extend it to January, February. Like I mentioned to Carcino, they have a ton of shit. We mentioned this last week too, that there's just no way the network, the net, both networks were going to do anything with that fight uh, that day. It does, it, there's five conference finals for football, um, which they both televised. And, uh, and then you have NFL on that day too, because that's a late December and that's when the NFL starts to go on Saturdays. So it's like, what's the point? But that open weekend in January 
where there's usually a big fight between the conference finals and the Super Bowl, that two-week break, the last uh, Jan- last uh, Saturday in January is one of them, and then the February date that they had last year is one of them. But Tyson Fury has a right to just move off of it. He doesn't want to do it. I've heard both sides on this. I've heard some people saying that, you know, Allen and Finkel dropped the ball, but you can't extend an agreement if the other side's not willing to do it. And I'm not saying anything like, oh, Tyson Fury's ducking Wilder. Not, no. Uh-uh. He said, oh, well, I just want to fight in December. I don't want to wait till January. So it is what it is. We've heard, uh, you know, what? I guess my thing is, the, the knee-jerk reaction was, oh, sweet, so he's going to fight AJ. No. In fact, it's kind of weird. They just announced the AJ Pulev fight. That fight's happening. So they're not going to face till they're not going to face each other till May anyway. Outdoors, I mean, maybe late April. But if you have the time and if you want to get a full stadium, now, can they do it next summer? Even a full one hundred, you know, ninety thousand people. I don't know. It might be in Saudi Arabia. In from a in front of a limited crowd and and just to get the fight there is what you know the big thing. Now we've heard a, a couple of names out there. Um, Otto Wallen is like, hey, let me have the fight. This German heavyweight, Ajit Kabelia, I think it's Kabelia. He's like twenty, maybe nineteen and zero or twenty two and zero or something like that. Former European heavyweight champ. Uh, he's the leading candidate. Uh, from Dan Raphael uh, for a December 5th UK fight. Um, and, and top rank does co-promote the guy. Um, and he is ranked in the top 15, which in the WBC, which that's part of what has to happen too. So, you know, I'd rather see him fight Wilder again rather than fight some no-hoper, right? But in the same breath, you know, it is what it is. Like, Fury's going to move on, and, and, and I think it actually works better for Wilder, like we just discussed. This is from Mail Sport and World Boxing News from a couple of days ago. A reported a report has claimed Deontay Wilder, you know, the, the, the Tyson Fury, the, the rematch clause expired. Uh, and there's going to be a warm-up fight, yada, yada, yada. Now, Shelly Finkel said that's not true, and we still plan to fight in December. That's World Boxing News. So, Clearly, um, Bob kind of made it sound like he had talked to him and said, hey, we have a date in January, we have a date in February, and he said, nah, dude, I'm just going to move on. So it is what it is. Um, So we'll see where that leaves us. Um, You know, like I said, I think it actually makes sense. But in the end, if it's going to be a complete no-hoper, well, yeah, I'd rather see him against Wilder. It's not like he's ducking him. It's just he said, screw it, we're going to move on, and then I'm going to be ready for, for next year in the big fight. It kind of makes sense for both of them, actually. Now, financially, they're not going to, he's not going to make as much, but let's be honest, that guaranteed deal that he got for ESPN, he's still going to make a lot of money considering the opponent. Um, here's another one that we were talking about. Um, Jack Catterell was a Mando for Ramirez's belt. And uh, Bob Aaron was talking about, hey, you know, like, we'll, we'll send them over some money. We'll get them to step aside. And sure enough, that's what happened. 
there's even a headline from Boxing Scene. Send those numbers over to fight Jose Zapata. So this dude is not only willing to take step over or step side money, but he, he said, no problem. You make a good offer. I'll take on Zapata. That's a pretty risky fight considering. Um, but Aram said, I'd love to see the fight. I'd love to do it on the same card as Ramirez and Taylor. That would be really dope. Um, so it sounds like either way they got him to step aside. And so he'll be good to go. So that, that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Um, Oscar uh, Rivas has emerged as somebody that says, hey, I'm ready. Oscar is fit, available, ranked eighth by the WBC, and would gladly take the challenge. That is an exclusive from Sky Sports Boxing. That's from his folks. He, they want to do it. Of course they want to do it. Um, Vasily Lomachenko, this is World Boxing News, Vasily Lomachenko has told Devin Haney via text that he will consider him, that's the key word, will consider him for being a next opponent if they both get over, uh, you know, their next fights, which they should. I don't know. I really don't know if that's true or not. Um, time will tell on that one, right? Um, what else we got here? Oh, so Kel Brook, <laughs> out of nowhere, Dominic Engel, his trainer's like, oh, yeah, I'm not training. I'm not training uh, Brook for this fight, this, this Crawford fight. Like, what do you mean you're not training like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, he's not. He's going to be without Engel for this fight, a fight he needs to get to 147, something he hasn't done in, uh, like, three and a half years. Um, but this is what this is actually what he said. Um, Brooke is training in Spain due to, to the pandemic, and he was Engel wasn't willing to travel. He said, why don't we do it right here like we normally do? And uh, there's no point in taking a risk and traveling until we have to travel to go to the fight. He said, I'm the trainer. I'm not going to have anyone tell me how they want their camp running. Some fighters might do that, but it's never been the way with me. I stipulate how the camp is, where it's going to be, how it's going to go. If he's not happy with that, then he can go someplace else. Realistically, Kel doesn't need to be anywhere else but Sheffield. Why would you take a risk? During these times, why would you take that risk abroad? He's in a big fight with Crawford, whether it's uh, exercising the same money or whatever. Why not just do it here? I don't know who's training him. We haven't fallen. We haven't had a falling out, but we're never going to have a falling out. He does his own thing. Like I said, he's 34. He has three kids. Kids. He's made his money. We had a good run. Eddie, as we know, isn't promoting him um, in this fight either. He's not doing this fight as a promoter. He's not doing this fight with his trainer. That's fair enough. That's not that's not an issue. Eddie will still be promoting other fighters, and I'll still be training other fighters. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's just not – he's basically like, well, he's just kind of been doing it on his own right now. And it's like when you hear the doing it on your own thing, um, this is what the prez over there, Suleiman at WBC, said that he, you know, he still doesn't know if it's on or off or anything. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been updated with this stuff. Um, he said it was breaking news to me. Usually, we don't go by news. 
Um, that is not confirmed. The WBC has not received any formal communication whatsoever. What we know as of right now that the fight's happening. Um, but, you know, he's not received a sanction request. It is only informal communication from both sides. Over the weekend, I started receiving many calls, especially from the UK, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, I, I don't really know. I, you know, I really don't know. And this could be, okay, dude, so you're moving the date again? Okay, I'm going to play hardball. So maybe Tyson Fury's playing hardball, and then he's going to wait till they got that January, February date and then take the fight. Maybe he's just like, fuck it, dude. If they want to play games, I'm going to make them force it. He could be talking to the networks, not just – it's not like Wilder and Bob are playing games. The network, both Fox and ESPN told him. And it makes sense. I mean, we were saying that a couple of weeks ago that I'm not sure that's going to work out. Because I do a college football show, I, I, I cover the sport, so like we knew the Big Ten was coming back, then the Pac-12 was coming back, so we knew that date, usually what is December 5th, is the conference finals, and then the Heisman is the next week, and ESPN usually has a card there. Well, there, it's two weeks later than normal, because they tried to give themselves some buffer for the postponement, uh, that type of thing. Anyway, uh, so yeah, when I hear he's training himself right now, I was always I was already worried about him not facing a top level guy in since what May 2017, and then worried that there's just no way he's going to make 147 healthy. It's a good fight on paper if you take out some of these 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 points, especially the weight. Especially the way I just—I don't know, man. I don't know. We got a couple minutes left, so I'll go through this. Uh, Pacquiao is signed with Paradigm. What is it, Paradigm or something like that? Sports. I remember someone actually sent this to me. Uh, you know, so it makes him one step closer uh, to the McGregor fight because he was just saying how, well, dude, actually, I, you know, it has to be my own thing. Now he's with this sports management thing based out of Irvine, uh, uh, California, and they are represented, you know, by McGregor and, and Cyber too. So it sounded like he had done that before. Maybe he was playing hardball, and he's like, no, I actually want to do it with my own company. Well, if I sign with them, maybe we can work this out. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly how that's going to go. Um, like I said, we just got a couple of minutes left, so Oh, we do have the undercard fights, and it sounds like they're going to play the full card. Uh, whenever the broadcast starts, they're going to play, and I'm talking about ESPN. Um, it's not like it's just jam-packed with some kind of great fights, but Arnold Barboza Jr. against Alex Sacedo is a good fight where they're at in their career. And same with Edgar Berlanga, who's on this first-round knockout streak, he's going against uh, Bellews, Linnell Bellews, who could actually give him some rounds. I'm not saying he's going to win the fight, but he could give him some rounds. So Clay Collard, Jose Vargas, or Josue Vargas, is on the card as well. DeZone has a card. The, I think it's a rematch. Yeah, rematch with Luis Ritson and Miguel Vazquez, uh, Savannah Marshall and uh, Hannah Rankin are on that undercard. Boston Boxing YouTube, October 17th as well. 
Jay Harris returns, but that's on Sunday on ESPN Plus. Otherwise, that that about does it. Um, Telemundo, that's what I was thinking. Friday night, Telemundo has a card as well. Um, something to, uh, you know, keep an eye on, that type of thing. All right, let's see if we have any other news I can get to right before. Oh, here's the Roy Jones news. <laughs> so the WBC is getting involved with some kind of special exhibition belt, but they've now, it's already an eight-rounder with a bunch of specific stuff, right, that the ref's going to break them up if they get too aggressive. Two-minute rounds. It's now two-minute rounds. Uh, Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell is confirmed 100% December 5th on the zone. That's always good to, uh, to hear. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, here's another quote. Brooke is just doing his own thing to prepare for the bout. That's another uh, quote from Seconds Out by from Dominic Engel. He's doing his own thing. Whatever the hell, that pretty freaking crazy for that type of fight. Here's that Malik Scott thing I was telling you about. And it may cut me off, so I'll do this next week, if not. But Malik Scott just supposedly got added to Wilder's team. But this here's that tweet from like a month ago. I just want to clear, and this is Malik Scott. I just want to clear up with what people have heard about me not working with Wilder anymore. Yeah, it's true. What can I say? I had my position compromised for nothing of my wrongdoing. I can promise you this. I never spiked your water, bro, but I know who did. Hashtag snakes. I mean, what the fuck is that? And then now you're in the camp? So did he tell him? Who did something? It's just really random. Anyway, enjoy the fight. We'll be back next week. Peace. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.